Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Good. What are you up it's to here? Oh, what's that? That it's hot here in Florida. Yeah, it's nice here. It's not hot though. Got up to about ninety today. I think I think we hit nine today. <laughs> nine? That's pretty good for us, though. Yeah, that's not bad. But you know, for beginning or middle of March. What are we going to talk about today, Mike? I don't know, whatever everybody else wants to talk about. I don't really bring any topics up. I just mostly answer questions. Nobody's muted, so if anybody's got something to say, jump in. Okay, I I got a question. You know, I've sent uh, three letters off the CRA so far. My fourth one's going out. Uh, Should any of those have been registered mail or at least the last one or two? Well, anything that's reasonably important, I usually what I would do is send the first one regular mail. If it's something important, I would send it certified or registered or express post, whatever, um, with a tracking number. But if it's nothing that serious, I would just send a normal letter the first time. Don't do anything crazy and set off any red flags. You might get an answer back immediately. If you don't, send the second one registered or certified and say something like, I have not yet received an answer to my last letter. See a copy enclosed herein. And then go on with your second question or whatever requiring them to provide too, too late for that because i've already sent three off not registered letters so and they they only did reply to my very first one their reply was a non-response but <laughs> yeah it's kind of your word against theirs but really you don't have any paper evidence showing that you sent anything to them well just just the um, the original letters, I photocopy and sign the photocopy of the original letter I write. Yeah, but there's no no real evidence that it got there. Right, because you drop the envelope in the mail, 
it goes to a sorting station, they stamp it and send it out, and you don't you never get the proof that it actually went to the post office or in a mailbox. Yeah, that, that's true. But uh, you know, if we try that argument with that with their mail, uh, it doesn't fly. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'll 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 send us mail and say we're not responding. Yeah, but why why run a loose ship on purpose? Yeah. Why why put that that argument like why why create a potential for that argument? If it's well, something I, reasonably I, important, I would want proof that it was mailed, at least some kind of evidence. Yeah. And nobody can well, argue with the postal service. Well, I think my next letter I'll, I'm going to be putting out on uh, Thursday. I'll uh, I'll send it registered, and I'll make sure there's copies of all the other letters I sent. Every one. Well, didn't you um, didn't you send the first same letter like three times in a row or something? Same nope. question, same question, same question. No. No, no, not the same question. No. The, the first time, the, uh, the the one question I never got answered. Second time. I sent a reply uh, um, about their non-reply saying you still haven't answered my question. And I did ask the same question again. Uh, the third one, you helped me uh, write just last uh, last week. And I sent a copy of the first letter. And so this will be, this will be my fourth letter, three different, uh, um, topics or questions. So your last, yeah. one, your last one you sent just less than ten days ago or something. Yeah, about a week ago. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Uh, if you're not in any big hurry, I would wait till the eleventh or twelfth day and send one out just to give them benefit of the doubt, the benefit yeah, of yeah. the doubt, lost in the mail, yeah. whatever. Thursday will be the twelfth day. Yeah. Yeah, send it out, send it out maybe around then sometime. Yeah. I, w I would say give her at least 10 days. If you're in a hurry, you can go less than 10 days, but usually I would give them 10. Registered, oh. uh, registered mail seems to take a little longer than regular mail, and I yeah. think it's because of the security and the chain of custody and all that stuff they got. It. It's, it's secured mail, so. You know, uh, so so I'll send off that new uh, that new letter and every copy of every other letter I sent. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you have to go too crazy. Um, I'll just to make sure they got it. You know, and and I'll write something nice saying, you know, just in case you didn't receive those other letters. You know, since I never got a reply. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of makes sense, too, because if you've been sending all these letters and somehow they're not getting to her, then put all a copy of every letter in the same registered envelope make sure she yeah. gets this. I'm guessing, yeah, I'm, just... get a, I'm guessing you'll get a ridiculous letter back from somebody else, but yeah. I guess you can burn that bridge when you get to it. Now, one thing that, that concerned me a bit, um, reading the uh, uh, on the Skype boards, the IRS board, uh, can't remember the gentleman's name, he does a lot of this type of stuff in England. He says he doesn't have a problem with uh, with the uh, whoever the um, 
income tax people are in England uh, if it's under 100 grand. So once it's over 100 grand, it's it's difficult. So you know, I'm I'm just kind of curious. Uh, mine's going to be you know around 300 grand. <laughs> Wonder how difficult it's going to be for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um... I don't know who he is, where he gets his information from. I haven't heard of that. I don't know if it's true or not. It sounds like a possibility, but I'm not sure. I don't know if it really makes that much of a difference if you're being polite, respectful, and honorable, and you're just asking questions. Just take it slow and be smart. Yeah. Well, that, that's kind of what uh, he got upset at me when I, I asked, how does how does the amount change the law? And, uh, you know, he just he started getting upset. But mind you, it was pretty late at uh, night for us even. So, you know, he it was uh, very early in the morning there for them guys. So I imagine he was just a little uh, tired and testy. Well, I, I didn't, I'm not sure what the conversation was that you're talking about. So I don't know exactly what he means, but if he means you can make the IRS go away easily if it's something under 100 grand but if it's over 100 grand it's harder he could be right it sounds possible yeah that's kind pretty like much it's kind of like if you owe me 5 bucks i might say ah whatever it's only 5 bucks no big deal whereas if you owed me 5000 bucks i might be thinking hey this guy should probably be paying me soon right yeah. I might let five bucks go away and not care about it, but five thousand I'm probably gonna be on your ass. Pay up, pay up. But I don't know. Money the the dollar amount shouldn't change anything, but I'm not brave enough to say that it doesn't. Well, the 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 time the conversation went when it gets to court, uh the, the dollar amount uh makes the judges and uh you know change their the, the way they do things <laughs> you yeah know, but it all, gets, he, he seems to think they're all in on it so but see it, it also it gets down to picking your battles and being logical and keeping your greed or your ego in check but if you walk down my street and you picked up a rock off my driveway and I tried to sue you for 11 million trillion dollars because that was my favorite rock out of all the rocks on my driveway, that's just ridiculous. It's not going to scare anybody. You send me a letter suing me for that much, I would piss my pants laughing. It wouldn't do anything to me. You'd probably get you in trouble though. So there's also, everything's got to be in balance. I hate to use the word reasonable, but anybody in the reasonable mind is going to think it's absolutely ridiculous. It's probably not a good idea. A lot of, a lot of all this is just pure logic and common sense, right? It might be a good time to remind people that I think it's a terrible idea to go filing liens and demanding the judge's oath and bond and everything because realistically, whether it appears that way or not, he's just a referee. 
So I don't recommend filing liens or slapping whoppers of bills on judges unless something serious is going on. It's absolutely necessary. I don't know when it would be necessary, but that would be a time to use something like that. I think going after the referee is a bad idea for several reasons. Well, one is the, all the other referees are going to know about it. <laughs> They're yeah. not, not going to cut you any slack in the future. But even if um, even if it seems like he's siding towards the prosecutor, he's just doing his job. That's the way they play their game. But in the end, he's the one that says yes or no in that case. So you might just make the guy happy, stand your ground politely but firmly, and make the guy happy if it's not going to cause you any problems. I'm not saying you have to give up and do what they tell you to do, but you don't have to go out of your way to be an asshole either. Try and find a polite and honorable way to keep him on his toes. Try and keep him honest with a, with a pleasant smile, not a smirk or whatever. Just don't give him any reason to, to dislike you at all. Put it no. that way. Sweet as pie. Just politely but firmly stand your ground. It's all business, nothing personal, right? They, everything out of their mouth is an offer, one way or another. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to refuse it. You could conditionally accept it. Well, hopefully I'll never have to go to the court route. That's uh, been lucky so far. Yep. I wouldn't mind having to do it that way someday to help somebody, but uh, definitely not for myself. Yeah, hopefully you catch them quick enough you can help them do, do it without going to court. Yep. To me, that's the goal. Like, It doesn't matter what the situation, that's always my end goal is to make this go away outside of court. Like I would say 90% of what I do nowadays is outside of court and private. Letters back and forth to this guy, letters back and forth to that guy, a letter here, a letter there. And just get everybody as a man or a woman to sit there and go, holy shit, if I go through with this, this is going to destroy my career. And give them hey. the, the, the opportunity to bow out gracefully. Do you do... You do uh, um helping more along the lines as uh, talking to uh, writing letters to, to cops or prosecutors or, you know, crown here? Well, every case is different, right? Um, yeah. But so where would you think most of it's going, to the crown or the, to the cop? Or well, are you doing a lot of uh, children aid stuff? I'm just kind of curious what you're handling the most of right now. None of my business, though. You, you don't have to answer that. I don't know. There's, it's pretty mixed, I would say. Not any one thing more than another nowadays, but... So it, it, you get a good rounded uh, experience there. That, that's good. Even though it's pretty much all the same, right? You handle it the same way. You know, you're being yeah. nice, you're writing letters. Yeah, there's... Um, 
there's a few things that never change. The law is the same yesterday as it is today as it will be tomorrow. The law absolutely never changes. It's the processes and procedures and the statutes change. But um, there's a few basic principles in law that apply everywhere. In that regard, all cases are the same. But it's the little details that make everything a little bit different. And that's where people got to be on their toes. You got to, uh, you got to take a letter, read it, know how to read it, not necessarily to understand their language, but to read what they're not saying more than anything, I would say, and just coming up with a clever way to respond. Are you spending much time in court watching, uh, watching court procedures? No, I keep talking about doing it, and I still haven't done it. Um, I should probably do that soon, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too far from the courthouse. We've got all kinds of action at the courthouse. Yeah, uh, just uh, what I was. My next question was going to be if you were. I was just wondering what kind of what type of cases you're doing. Uh, you'll probably get your belly full one day just doing traffic. But uh, I, I just, uh, you know, what what type of cases would be good to, to keep an eye on? I guess it would be civil up here, right? Civil procedure yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I uh, All the people I've been helping, it's been kind of mixed. I don't know, some traffic, some family, some other stuff, I don't know, criminal. Yeah, nothing. I, I don't really get an overly huge amount of one thing over another, though. Doesn't seem like anyway. Yeah, I would like to actually sit inside a courtroom and watch other people go through their thing. Well, we've got a fairly new uh, court building up here in Oshawa, and I was on a, just uh, last last spring, I was on a jury for three weeks, and uh, being, sitting on a jury, you get nice, comfortable chairs, but the rest of the court, they got hard wooden chairs, like the the, the galley area, so, you know, like church pews. So if you're going to go, if if you're going to go, bring something soft to sit on, <laughs> if you spend, plan on spending some time in there. <laughs> Yeah, it could be worse, though. You could be one of those guys that have those uh, chains around their ankles. That's probably a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, and and they're also uh, wooden chairs. They they don't give them a comfortable chair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've seen that in in the the trial where we were in. It was just civil procedure. There's nobody in cuffs or nothing. Just uh, one lady suing a guy. But, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, glassed off, you know, where the prisoner would sit for, during the trial, it was all glassed off and the door locked and, you know, wooden chair in there. Just a very uncomfortable looking wooden chair. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, when I lived in uh, British Columbia, this was years ago, but uh, 
me and a couple of my hippie friends, we decided we were going to drive across to uh, Missoula, Montana, hang out there for the day. And uh, the border guy, he he made us pull over. We were sitting there for like 45 minutes. My friend goes in to find out what took so long. And she came back and she had a scared look on her face. And she goes, yeah, he wants to talk to you. I'm like, oh, shit. And I go in there and he's like, yeah, have a seat. And I had to sit in this steel chair with handcuffs welded to the arms of it. I just remember there was like the whole wall behind the counter was just a a big shotgun and a big rifle rack. There's like life-size photos of the president and stuff. I was like, oh, shit. Just a little scare tactic. Yeah. Yeah, and the guy's like, what do you want to do in my country? I'm like, holy shit, man. I just wanted to go have dinner and buy some shoes. It's like, you got four hours. If, you don't get, if, you don't, if you're not back in four hours, I'm coming looking for you, which was kind of oh, funny. Oh, they still let you across? What's that? They still let you across? Yeah. Oh, that's all right, then. Yeah. yeah, it was just kind of funny, though. He's like, if you're not back in four hours, I'm coming looking for you. Yeah, that uh, like that would happen. But, when you know, when you're young, you believe it, too, right? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I grew up near Detroit, just uh, you know, on the Canadian side, just near Detroit. But we'd go once a month to a concert or a ball game or mostly always concerts. There's lots of concerts back then. Detroit was a big city back then, but, uh, uh, you know, being the long-haired, dope-smoking hippie back, you know, you thought we'd get a lot of hassle at the border, but we never did. We couldn't believe it. But, you know, you always, what are you going across for on a concert? And, you know, 10,000 other people already said that. So it never bothered us, but I never had a problem. Uh, always lucky at the border. But things were a lot looser back then in the 70s and early 80s, too. So. Did you go see any Ted Nugent concert? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> buddy of mine I went to high school with was actually a hunting guide for Ted Nugent. Ted had come up to this area where, where I grew up, and uh, he liked deer and, and duck hunting. And, and uh, a, a guy I went to school with was his uh, hunting guide. Not just not far from our place, so that was pretty neat. Bob Seeger, yeah, seen lots of them. Like it was a small town where I grew up, so we had nothing else to do but go, you know, go to Detroit. They would seen every band there was: Zeppelin, The Stones, The Who, Pink Floyd. Seen them all, lots of times. But that's a bit off topic. I think uh, Horace wanted to talk about bleeding brakes or something. What's that? He wanted to talk about bleeding brakes and freezing temperature. So maybe you should get him on the line. Yeah, Carl should have a, a talk to you just about cars. Yeah, you could probably do all right. 
all the car junkies crazy. They probably have 10,000 people calling. <laughs> Gonna try to get Lentz up here this summer somehow. I think as long as he's not doing, uh, going to help anyone in court, that maybe they would let him across. He, he's got to test the waters, anyways. See how tricky or how sticky it's going to be for him to get here. You know, if he's just coming over just to visit or something or holiday, you know, if they'll let him in. Gets harder when you've been denied once. You're red flagged, eh? Okay, well, hey, back to that letter writing. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'll make sure I send my next one out, uh, registered mail. Do you always put your return address on the envelope, or do you put it just on the uh, letter? Yeah, I put my return envelope on both, or my return my my return address on both. Yeah, see, that's another thing I didn't do. I didn't put it on the envelope. I just put it on the letter. Oh, I'll crack my mistake. Yeah, on the you, um, on the letter, I don't, on the on the letter, I don't use post. Well, I don't use postal codes ever, really. But it's no big deal if you're using the postal codes anyways, because you're putting care of. It's just an address that your mail goes to. That's all it is. Like all this non-domestic without the United States and all that other crap is just ridiculous. Yeah, I remember Carl talking about that. He says he uses zip codes. And uh, yeah, down there, it's, 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 who's going to testify that it's anything other than what we think it is anyway? So, yeah, how can they say, "Oh, you're not a man because you used the zip code"? Yeah, like how is that even relevant? You said that you said that I I failed to stop at a stop sign, and now you're talking about zip codes. Like, are, do yeah. you people need a psyche valve? What's a zip code got to do with a, a speeding ticket or a seatbelt violation or whatever yeah. you guys got? Well, even if they did want to push it and say, oh, no, it makes you more of a person or whatever, right? That, that's, uh, they would never testify to that because, you know, you know, that's giving up the game, right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, people do all this crazy shit with their birth certificate. Like, when has any of this ever come up in court, except when stupid free men and sovereign open their big mouth? Like, I've I've never once had a judge or a prosecutor or anybody in the court office or anywhere in the courthouse ever ask me for ID once. My birth certificate or whoever owns the birth certificate has never come up never ever come up in any court case I've ever heard of. So I don't understand why people got this big kick with it's all about the birth certificate. Who you go in there it? and you say I am man, you rebut the birth certificate presumption if there is one. 
was it on Carl's talk show maybe a month ago? Someone was going into court and they asked to see his was it a driver's license or birth certificate? They they asked they actually asked him to see ID. Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it was on a talk show. I'm positive it was on. Um, maybe it was Carl's or Gus's. Like I could see, I could see if you were in court and the prosecutor saying, "Oh, you're a licensed driver. We have a photocopy of your driver's license." And you just say, "I wasn't operating under that driver's license at the time. I was going to point from point A to point B in my property." I have no idea why you believe that I'm required as a man to even possess a driver's license, but please show me the law. Like, if you can prove that I was not a man at the time, show me the proof, please. Yep. Yeah, we'll settle up right now and get out of here. I'll pay my fine. Yeah, take all the controversy away from them. But really, I'd like to believe that I have a little more force than a photocopy of a piece of plastic anyway. So we got a photocopy of your driver's license, really. Can I see it? Yeah, I can't be sure if that's me. Actually, I'm standing right here holding the paper, so I'm pretty sure that that's not me. However, this appears to be a copy of a photograph or something. I don't know. Some kind of squiggly line could be something I put on paper one day in the past. I couldn't really be sure. Sorry. What are they going to do? It's the piece of paper's word against mine. It can't speak. Sorry. Hey, Mike, that was uh, Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I can't recall. Yeah, I can't recall. (laughs) Hey, Mike, it's Ron. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. I think uh, this guy's talking about John Fall up in Boston. When he walked into the courtroom, it was the security that asked for his ID. It was, uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. But even then, though, it's still, uh, he certainly wasn't operating un- uh, under a license at the time he was walking through the door of the courthouse, right? Like, it just, it doesn't have any, like, if if I was in court and they asked me, well, do you have a driver's license? I would maybe be asking them, how is that relevant to I, a man, going from point A to point B in my property? Just shut them right down. I don't got time for your bullshit. I'm not even going to answer your question. This is about me being a man and what's going on. What did I do? Who did I harm? Kind of like they're putting a couple of hoops in front of you and they want you to jump through one of their hoops. It's just slide between them. No thanks, no hoops today. How do you plea? Guilty, not guilty, no contest. I'll find another option, thanks. Where's the man or woman that I cause harm? I don't want hoop A, B, or C, thanks. But again, you have to have your paperwork in there. You can't just walk into court and start shooting off your mouth, I am man this, I am man that, I wish I require. It's not going to work so well without some kind of paperwork at a time. 
with any luck, you've settled it with the other side on paper anyways, and now it's just attaching them all as exhibits, one filing into court. which would be a notice and not a motion. Chop board's laggy again tonight. What's that? Chat board is laggy again tonight. Yeah. That's been, a, that's been a solid week. Yeah. So nobody has anything to talk about or what? I got a ton to go over, but I got laundry in the background. My wife's got the TV blaring. She's on the other line. So I'm just going to mute out for a bit. You're actually right. coming in pretty clear. I didn't hear any background noise. Yeah, I didn't hear any problem either. Well, I stayed up pretty much all night uh, working on letters, and I'm trying to get, you know, Carl mentioned a flow chart or, you know, timeline, and I've got an extensive pile of uh, notes that I've taken over the past year, you know, and I'm trying to combine everything, you know, pertinent information into, into, you know, one specific area, and I'm trying to, you know, get like a timeline together so that all the information that I've got here gets put into, you know, the right time because a lot of it's time sensitive, you know, before trial, after trial, what to do then, you know. So I've started that uh, arraignment text file that I threw out on, or JB, everybody else kind of threw out on Skype for me. I was hoping everybody could get a chance to read it and, you know, make comments. But is, guess, that the, yeah. is that the document you just put out there? I think uh, I think that document got put <clears throat> into like four or five different rooms or something. I don't know if it's all the same one or not. Yeah, it's uh, it's it started out just arraignment and then. I think B Skype was saying, you know, and Jules was suggesting that you got to start from the claim and or the order and work your way backwards so that you know that everything that you're claiming, you have evidence to substantiate it, and you know all your letters that you write have to include those questions, and uh, you know, so that kind of made sense. So there might be more to that file than just the arraignment. 
Well, yeah, that kind of like uh, like when you're when you're getting ready to write a claim, think of it like if you're going to go to Las Vegas, you're going to look at the map first and see where it is, and that's going to give you some kind of idea of what direction you have to go in. And then you can start making your checklist, right? Because you're making your order. And now you have to think about, okay, why do I deserve this order? How am I going to justify it? Or if this is the claim that I'm making, how do I prove this claim? And then you have some sort of like a checklist. Okay, I have to prove this and I have to prove this and I have to prove this. So that would be this for an exhibit A, this for exhibit B. It's kind of like a roadmap, working backwards. You, you plan your route. Oh, yeah, that definitely makes sense. Uh, but I, I started out with that file just wanting it to be like a generic uh, thing. And then, you know, B-Skype wanted to see the letters and examples of, you know, letters that you put in verbiage and, and samples, and I just put in the letters that I had or that I had started, so I didn't really want it to be specifically me. I just wanted it like a generalized. Like a generalized. guide for people to have a better idea of what to do so it makes more sense in some kind of order. Exactly. Instead of people calling up, you know, I, I heard Carl Lentz's show for three minutes and I've uh, got a question on how to challenge jurisdiction, you know? Uh, yeah, and it always sucks to, uh, it always sucks to do steps one, two, and three, and then you find out that actually you did steps like three, six, and seven. You missed a whole bunch of stuff in between. Right. Well, like, uh, like that file I got you know, uh, regarding how to do the bill process or, you know, how to properly format a bill and when to follow up and how to send it out. You know, I, I work really good with lists. You know, if, if it's just, you know, it's so simple it's scary, file a claim. Yeah, well, there's 20 freaking steps and 500 roadblocks and, you know, you know, you got to know when to assert yourself and who to take it up higher to and, you know, what the <laughs> – there's a lot you need to know. So, you know, like I say, I always work better with a list. So if I've got a list of something I can check off or, you know, read right before I go and do it, that way I know what the next step is, then it makes it easier on me. Yeah, as long as people realize there's little little things that can happen in between, so that would change their own particular flow chart. Well, like the first time I went into court, I said, you know, I needed a, I needed more time, and the prosecutor said, okay, I'll, I'll motion for an adjournment, and uh, I said, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> I didn't know what adjournment meant. You know, I've always heard stay or continuance or, you know, so it's all those little things that you, you're not aware of, you just can't uh, let them throw you off. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I think most times, if you're polite, respectful, and honorable, 
if all you need is extra time and you just talk to the guy acting as prosecutor ahead of time and just tell him I need more time, they'll usually just give you another date. Or if you tell them at the last minute, like before court, just say, yeah, sorry about the last notice. Uh, my mailman died. No one collects the mail anymore, but uh, I'm not ready to proceed today. I need more time. They'll probably just go into court when they call your name. The prosecutor will say, yeah, I just spoke with Mr. So-and-so, and he said he needed more time. I'm agreeable to 30 days, meet back on the 16th. The judge says, okay, and then it's done. It's that easy. But if you're if you're being an asshole, getting extra time is probably going to be more difficult. But whether he's a prosecutor or not, he's still a man. Just talk to a man-to-man, be polite and respectful. It does go a long way. I used to always use the line... Uh... I used to always use the line before the, um, oh, what do they call it when they want you to take and plead? Anyways, I would tell them that I don't have enough information to make an informed decision at this time that I need more time, and usually they always gave it to me. Yeah, as long as you're polite. Yeah, it's pretty rare that the the sweetest guy in court that month gets a contempt charge or even threatened with contempt. If the judge or the prosecutor are getting really mad in court, you're either doing the right thing or you're just being an asshole and pissing them off. So yeah, I think... uh, I think people should be polite and respectful and calm at all times. Act in honor goes a long way, whether you're dealing with the judge, the prosecutor, the clerk, or any of those people in their private capacities. I've been uh, I've been pulled over by cops before. Had a little quick conversation. And you just said, yeah, okay, just get out of here. Have a good night. Knew I was up to no good. Didn't care. That was a good guy. Whatever, he just let me go. Doesn't always happen that way, but at least be polite and respectful. Yeah, you can know what the law is. It doesn't doesn't mean you have to teach the cop on the side of the road. Outsmart them with your brain. Use your pen and paper. You get a chance to read through any of that, Mike? No, I haven't, not yet, actually. 
like a combination of, you know, Ter- you know, some of Terry's nuggets and, and Moe's nuggets, Carl's nuggets, and I think they're all on track. You know, it's it's dangerous to mix everybody's, but since we're all pretty much listening to Carl, I got I love I love that uh, Gus is uh, you know for the good administration of government. That that was one of the best lines I got from Gus. Yeah, that's straight out of the Bill of Rights, isn't it, or the New Hampshire Constitution or something? Yeah, but it's just a, a concept, you know, that stuck in my head when I heard him say it. Yeah, just it's along the lines of government rules apply to government. Right, government rules aren't there to keep me in line. Government rules are there to keep the government in line. Just like the rules of Monopoly apply to those who are playing Monopoly. Hey, last last time I sent out a registered letter, it was going to a P.O. box to the sheriff. And they said uh, they couldn't be registered. I can't remember what they were saying, but they had some kind of uh, return receipt. Um but, but they said they couldn't be registered to a P.O. box. Well, I think the reason behind that is because they're not registered agents to sign on behalf of the other party. So they can't right. actually technically sign for the mail and assume all liability for it. They have no idea what's going on. Um, well, I know if- when I... I have a P.O. box, and when they send me registered mail, when I go to pick up my uh, mail, then I have to sign for it. Yeah, I think I was just going to say that next. I can get registered mail because you you buy registered mail from the from Canada Post, and it's sent through Canada Post to Canada Post to my P.O. box. So since it's all Canada Post, they can sign for it at the post office and put a card in my mailbox telling me that they've already signed for it. i got to sign for it now. But if it was coming from UPS to Canada Post, then Canada Post would not be able to sign for it and receive it. So I don't know, post office boxes are a little bit different. Like I said, I've received registered mail through my PO and, and like you said, they put a card in your thing, your your PO box, and then you have to go uh, sign it and, and then they give you the mail. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know what would happen if you got something that was like UPS or or Purelater or something that had to be signed for. I'm not sure how that would work. Yeah, UPS and and um, all the carriers like that, they don't they won't they won't deliver to a PO box. It has to be a physical address. Mm-hmm. But the po- but the regular um, post office will do that though. 
Yeah, who knows? You might even, um, if you're using a post office box, you might be able to make a private contract. Well, I don't know if it's really considered a private contract, but you might be able to make like a private contract with UPS or or Purolator or whoever so they can deliver to a post office box. Maybe they just need something in their computer, some kind of written signature consent. Yeah, I've sent, uh, I've actually sent a lot of things registered mail to post office boxes and somebody's always signed for it, so I'm not really sure. Probably just because it's all through Canada Post, it's all one carrier, one agent. So, Mike, on this uh, subject we were talking about earlier on Skype, with the orders being an offer, yeah, how would you, like everybody wants to know, when you get pulled over, the you know, cop or man acting as a cop comes up and says license, registration, insurance. Now, you know, like Robert Menard says, that's, you know, apples, bananas, and pears. It's not even a complete sentence. So how do you, how do you, uh, hang on a minute. Sorry. Um, yeah, I you know, would. Um, I would just, as I'm reaching for my driver's license, I would say, "Yeah, no problem. Is that an order?" And he's probably going to say yes, and just hand him the driver's license and say, "I believe this is property of the state," and then hand him the insurance and say. Here's the paperwork showing that my property is insured. Or even say the property is insured. 
If he says, what do you mean property, the vehicle? Just say this car or something. But you don't have to get all crazy and start letting them know that you know the law or anything, but just little things casually. Yeah, the I last time you the, I would just say the description of my property is on the insurance card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the information's right there. Yep. Uh, I was pulled over last week, and uh, I knew I had an active warrant for a uh, child support order. Uh, so I really didn't want to fight him, you know, or argue with him or anything. And I don't have my license. My license has been expired since 2013. I never, I, you know, intentionally didn't renew it because I don't feel like it's a uh, benefit that I want. So basically when he asked for the license registration and insurance, I said, uh, you know, I don't have a license. It's my wife's truck. She carries the insurance uh, card and I can't find the registration. Which all went to the hell real quickly. <laughs> but that's yeah, my argument. I congratulate you for not getting a driver's license because you don't want one, but I don't know. I think it's probably a lot easier to have one. Well, I definitely agree that it'd be easier to, you know, follow along with everybody else, but I just, uh, you know, I, I drew my line in the sand, and I'm not going back on it. I I feel that it's the, you know, wrong thing to do to, to register your property with with a government agency. I understand, you know, researching John Locke and everything that that men created or are under the government rule for the protection of their property, but I I just feel like it should be reserved to protect it myself. Yep, I hear you. I got credit. All right, I give you credit. I'm not saying that at all. But that's that's my argument going into court is, um, you know, they have no contract. They have no law. The You know, um, they have no obligation of me endorsing myself into, you know, their Department of Motor Vehicles to follow all their codes and statutes. I mean, and that's, you know, uh, not fictitious, but frivolous litigation and, uh, you know, bearing false witness, territory. Uh, you know, if there's no law before the court, then why are we why are we bringing it into the public? Uh, Culver, are you uh, in Canada or in the States? Uh, New Jersey. You're in New Jersey? Uh, here in Canada, we have a, a Minister of Transportation. I don't know what you have in, in, in uh, your state. But did you ever think of uh, writing them letters and, and telling them, you know, flat out, you know, a nice letter and say, this is the reason I don't do this. And perhaps they can send you a letter saying, that's fine. You know, in, in one form or another, or I know they can put it on a computer system and the cops will leave you alone. Yeah, right away. Write a letter to the man or woman acting as attorney general. Ask them one simple question. And write a letter to the secretary of state. Ask them one simple question. Write a letter to the man or woman acting as minister of transportation. And ask one simple question. 
Just ask mm-hmm. each of them a different question. See what each yeah, of them say back. I got to follow up with that. I sent a letter to the Secretary of State um, in regards to a man going from point A to B, you know, in my property. I tried not to use any legalese terms, and they sent me back a letter um, saying a driver must, you know, insurance this and coverage that and motor vehicle and, you know, all commercial terms. So I haven't followed up on that, which I should, but there's just so much other stuff that I'm doing right now. It was something like, thank you for your letter, and I found all your additional information very interesting. However, it appears you forgot to answer my question. My question was simply this. What law... What law can you provide me that obligates I, a man, to possess a driver's license to go from point A to point B in my property? Thanks. I think it's funny. Guest 14 put in a forgiveness letter that's like word for word except for the date, March 16th. (laughs) Word for word is exactly the forgiveness letter that I've sent the the cop. which for the purpose of removing controversy. So you go into court and say there's no controversy. They forgave or they, you know, tacitly uh, accepted that there's no debt because they didn't respond. And I don't think yeah. I would have uh, uh, wrote the letter to greetings office. Though I would have, wrote the letter to the man acting as an officer. I would have found out his name. Yeah, let's call him Bob. Yeah. Greetings, Bob. I wish to ask for forgiveness. Greetings, Bob. Figured out what I'm writing to you for yet? Well, you tell me if it's... I've got greetings, Jordan. I wish to ask for forgiveness for any harm you may have suffered as a result of my actions on March 8th. 8th. Uh, if you had any financial loss, please let me know. Kind regards. Not sure why you put the word suffered in there. You like that? Court. It's a game, right? It's just a game of words. Yep. Volume back and forth. Well, not many people calling in tonight. How come nobody's calling in? I don't know. I was expecting a couple people to call in. Yeah, some people don't like to come on the air and talk about their stuff either, so. No, I just, yeah, I, I never did for the first few months either. Try to get to know the people and get a bit of a clue before I open my mouth. <laughs> what, what, what did somebody write in the Skype room once? It's better if everyone presumes you're an idiot than to prove you are. <laughs> 
something like that. <laughs> That's a pretty good line. I like that. <laughs> yeah, some of our... Oh, to remove all doubt. Yeah. 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 I put that in there. It's better right. to be thought of as an idiot than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. And my grandfather, you know, had a lot of sayings that you don't, that you don't, uh, your mind doesn't formulate, you know, completely until you get older. All the stupid things your grandfather, like, uh, if you like what you're doing, if you enjoy what you're doing, you never work a day in your life. Yeah, if you need need to take a holiday from your job, you're doing the wrong job. I've heard that. That that's a good line too. I heard it thirty four years too late. <laughs> look at how many hours that we're putting into, you know, research and studying and learning common law. You know, it's it's not something that's a job, it's something you're interested in. It's you know I mean, speaking personally, I enjoy doing it. You enjoy your life. Yeah, if somebody had told me like five years ago that I was going to enjoy studying words and law, I'd be like, you're fucking crazy. I never had so much fun researching anything in my life. Like I remember when you first came on with your case with Carl, what, about a year and a half or so ago? Yeah, somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah. Carl laid all into you, calling you a patsy and everything else. <laughs> cool, you didn't get discouraged with when you hung out. But... Yeah, at least they learned a thing or two along the way. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's Florida in the background there. You can hear all that noise. Greetings from the UK. Hey, how's it going? How you doing, Mike? Good. Jules, yeah, yeah. you know Jules? What's that? Do you know Jules? Who's in the chat rooms? Yeah. He's helping me with uh, the case with my son. He's going for... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you saw him in there helping you out a little bit in the chat room the other day. How's that going? Yeah, well... Yeah, I saw, I saw that you put the about the names, Sergeant and Miss. You commented the names of the judge that I gave, that I put in the chat room. The thing about the witch? No, no, the judge, DJ MacGyver, and the name... Uh, the policeman who's the sergeant. 
and you probably won't remember anyway you talked to so many but nevertheless yep he's helping me out with the letter writing and we're gonna i'm gonna try and file the claim or the notice notice of understanding i think and something about voiding the 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 court altogether the ruling altogether what happens do they retry you if that if that happens if the if it's void um i'm not sure how that works but i would uh i would guess you would want to be settling with the other party in private well yeah but that's that's impossible because uh the bail conditions that they put was not to contact them. The yeah, party. but you're going to be voiding that. Right, all that's going to go away. That's all statutory stuff. Right, Jules was explaining that we're far. it's far gone for us to do anything too much. But he said he was going to go for a void. I don't know. He was, he was saying that it's best to turn up with a claim rather than empty-handed, even if it's late. Then he said they were going to put notices in so we could void it. And let's see how he's going to play it out. Well, how we're going to play it out. If they don't allow me to file the claim in because it's one of their own, then he's telling me I'm going to have to give it to the judge on the day of court. So I might even get arrested. <laughs> well, see, I, I'm not exactly sure how all this works out because technically he agreed to the bail conditions, but yeah, normally... But, uh, Normally, they're not allowed to interfere with your right to settle in private. Yeah, yeah but technically, did he, uh, because all through the trial and from the beginning, he gave no statements whatsoever. He gave, it was a no comment on every uh, interview, and there was a constant telling on that day when I rang you, we put it in writing that he's an idiot and doesn't understand nothing in legalese I think I'll put that in on that day yeah so technically if they were to scrutinise it and, and and look at it they're going to see that he had no connection with them whatsoever at any stage no communication he just never spoke so I've, I don't know how they work Everything's upside down. I see what you're saying, though, when they they prevented me from making discovery with the other party. Well, it's not just that. If um, if you accuse me of stealing your bike, then I have the option of settling with you outside of court. The cop can't say, oh, you're not allowed to talk to that guy. They can't do that. They can't interfere. If 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 you're accusing me of something, I have the right to 
find out what you're talking about and may, if I have done something wrong, compensate you instead of going to court. I don't have to go to court. I can settle in private. That's my right. Well, th- th- there was a stage that my son went round their house to talk to him and they called the police and that's when they first put the injunction. That's when they first put the bail condition not to go there to intimidate the witnesses. That's what they put. Yeah, I think a letter right away would have uh, fixed that. Yeah, well, I'm going to take the clerk anyway. I've got her name. And I'm going to put the bail forms, I'm going to put it to her. I'm going to turn up there with an invoice. Because I did tell her, I told the clerk that I'm going to come with an invoice the following time I come. Maybe I shouldn't have said it to her, but I did. It's all... Sorry, go ahead. It's all exciting, I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. Today I was trying to research on Black Law Dictionary. And uh, from what I, I remember Carl saying in one of his talks, that basically they they made black laws to to control their commodities like the slaves back in the days. So they yeah, was, some yeah. Originally it was uh, it was French code noir, and it was a code for proper treatment of your slaves. Basically, when your slave got old and tired, you weren't allowed to just take them all back and shoot them. You had to provide them with uh, a place to live and food and everything still. Do you know what the scary thing is? Whatever they... That that is when you realize that that's how we're living. That's what they've got with us. That's Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of funny because everybody thinks Black's Law was written by Mr. Black. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was about the blacks. It's quite frightening, you know. Yep. Because it's from every angle, from pharmaceutical, from the law, from the religion, from the food, from everything. Everything's upside down. Certain things that people just flock to. Well, yeah. If you put enough obstructions in front of someone, they're going to walk anywhere, but they're still going to walk thinking they're on the right path. Yeah, put a bunch of roadblocks in front of them and then lead them around with a carrot. Perfect plan. Do you know that I was a, a bus driver in London for about 10 years and whenever I used to come to a single lane, there was a, a, another lane that was empty next to us and I'd think, why, 
why have we got 50 cars on one lane? And I start realising that, you know, everyone works like lambs, even though they could see that there's openings and there's ways. You know, there's another lane for you to go there, free, completely clear. Everyone's stuck behind each other because they're just used to following one another and they don't look ahead of the other person. They just look in front, the car in front. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. when, when I, I was yeah. seeing this, I could see that everyone was sleeping just from just on that level. And I was thinking, what is going on? Yeah, the after work trance. Yeah. Toy Town is painted on us on the pavements, just like the Lego sets. <laughs> it is a three-dimensional world that we live in, but a non-reality one. It's weird. Wow, you could hear a pin drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah not, I was expecting more people to call in tonight. Well, there's a, a, quite a few tuned in, but not a lot of callers. But, well, well, it is more interesting if you're listening, because uh, when you listen, you could hear a lot of what you want when you're hearing the others talk. It's kind of funny, weird. Hey, Carl never gave us a question of the week there Saturday, did he? Or if he did, I missed it. Yeah, I don't think he did. I'm not sure, though. Wasn't on this weekend. So yeah, uh, yeah, Carl, I, I meant the week. I meant the week before. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say because Carl wasn't on. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it'll be like his uh, website with the uh, capitalist diminutia. Maybe that's the uh, the question of the week for the next fifty-two weeks. So what is it, Mike? I don't even remember what the question was exactly. It was why the wife couldn't file for divorce in the, in the court, file something in the court. And the answer was because she wasn't the wife. She wasn't acting as a wife. She was acting as a... An adulteress. Yeah, that's it. I was going to say harlot, but yeah, an adulteress, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I like that word, harlot. <laughs> Lucy. Yeah, because marriage is for life, and a wife would never be filing for divorce. 
But once she broke the contract, she was stepping outside the boundaries of the contract. Yeah, not uh, in most cases. There's only one person that wants the divorce uh, in, in a marriage. So, if people knew this, uh, that would pretty much put the end of divorce court. I don't know how they go about splitting up after that. I guess you would just off and run off, or you would just run off. But well, if both the husband and the wife had their uh their ego and their greed in check and their anger under control, they could just have a private divorce, go through separate ways. They could both write a letter to whoever's in charge, the vital statistics or whatever, just to let you know we're lawfully divorced. Have no idea what that does to your legal marriage, but we're not married lawfully. Have a great day. Yeah, well, easier easier way is just we send your name off the license. Yeah, the marriage that's, license. That's less fun, though. But yeah, you could do that. Yeah. But I think it'd be funny to just to say we're law we're lawfully divorced. We're no longer married. And just see what they do with their little legal marriage. I uh, no, think no, that's no. what the strictly are with they would probably want you to jump through all their hoops. Yeah, but then at that point, them you could work. But at that point, you could just laugh at them, be polite and honorable and respectful, but give them such a hard time and just piss your pants laughing every time you write a letter back. <laughs> yeah, ask, most just people ask don't them want to go like, that route. <laughs> but you could ask them just simple questions like. Greetings, Bob. Thank you for your offer, but what would be the benefit to me? Kind regards. And just laugh. Wait for an answer. Because I really, at that point, you got them. You know you're a man. They know you're a man. They know you know what's up. They can play their little games all they want. And it's just funny at that point. What, are you going to order us to live together? Are you going to order us to file taxes a certain way now? What do you guys, come on, guys, what are you going to tell us to do? Yeah, the problem is finding a, a couple that wants to do it that way. Not very many of them want to do it that way, and even no, less of want, them know No, they all want the kids, and they all want the house, and yeah. they all want the bank accounts, and I'm going to show that other one. Well, that's that, that's kind of what I was getting at. It's usually only one one man or woman who wants out of the marriage. So yeah, the, uh, yeah, one or know. the other, one or the others, pretty much. Yeah, fine, just go, just yeah. just go. Okay, just go. And it's the other one going not without your bank account. And that's when you can say, "I'm fine. You're not getting divorced, and you don't get nothing." Because you could make the, the, the court live up to the law, right? Yeah. Contract is the law. Yeah, just so you know, sweetie, your breach of contract means you get nothing. So you want to be polite and respectful and deal with this, or are you going to throw a fit?
And I think it's everybody's greed, anger, and, and ego getting away. Things would be a lot easier if people just relax and think logically and do the right thing. I think we need a lot of less uh, playing the victim, shifting the blame and pointing fingers and making excuses and just realize we fucked up. Now that we know better, stop doing that and just move forward. Let bygones be bygones, forgive and forget. Just stop making those mistakes. Learn from it. Show other people by example. This is what I did. I just got out of it. And everybody goes, holy shit, that easy? You just like walked away? Yeah, I just walked away. A couple of letters, thank you, no thanks. People go, holy shit. You just like be a man like that. Yeah, write a letter. Let them know. Yep. That easy. Start with little stuff. Play around with parking tickets, library fines, or something like that. Yeah, I still have no clue why people are uh, having problems with stuff like that either. Like, I don't see what's hard about making, offering a smaller payment, making the payments, just letting them know that they're going to cause you harm if you pay more than that. I think people should start making their uh, debts a little more manageable. Maybe that'll lower the stress and calm everybody down a little. What I had to do with mine, they wanted over $1,500 for my fines, and they wanted me to pay them $148 a month, and I told them I couldn't do that. So I got into a situation where I told them I could only afford $5 a month, and they laughed at me, and I, I've been sending them $5 a month, and they've been taking it. Yep, sometimes they'll take it. Sometimes they'll say they won't take it, but they take it. Sometimes they send it back meaning that the debt is paid, but really, to be honorable, you should remind them that if they don't accept it, they're admitting that there is no debt. Give them another chance to uh, to accept your payment plan, and I'm pr- pretty sure that by that point, they probably would. And I have a rough time trying to split up that $5 over four tickets that I got. Well, that's hilarious. I love that. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but see, it could have happened different, too. They could have said, no, we're not accepting $5 a month while they were accepting $5 a month. And you could have flew off the handle and started writing all kinds of ridiculous letters, and that wouldn't have helped. But you were calm and relaxed, and it worked. Yeah, they they told me they couldn't accept anything more than what the hundred and forty nine or forty eight dollars a month. They said, no, that's the least you can do. And uh, so then they said, well, you have to put a motion into the uh, court for to see if the judge will approve it. I said, that's no problem. So I did that. I put a motion in. The judge denied it, and I sent them my five dollars anyway. 
it's been, I think, about nine months now that I've been paying on paying them five dollars a month. That, that's all they get. Yeah, they're trying to push you, but they know the law. <laughs> they almost had you. I've been listening to Carl for too long. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing I would have done different instead of a motion, I just would have wrote letters. Greetings, Bob. You signed this order. You're, you're ordering me to pay more than more than I can possibly afford. <laughs> Offer him some rubber bands and rusty nails. Broken rubber bands and rusty nails. Yeah, they know the rules. That's the best you can do. That's the best they, that you can do. They can't cause harm to a man. Notice you had a lot of activity with the IRS situations where people were failing to to uh, file and, and having problems with the IRS this week on your chat. And uh, I haven't filed taxes since 1980, and I've always stood on to the um, on their own forms that they send you the 1099s. They have uh, the Paper Reduction Act or, or the Privacy Act, and it starts out saying that they ask for the information, and and I would just always every time. They would throw a letter at me. I'd tell them I want to go have a meeting with the agent. I'd go to the agent and say, what does that word ask mean? And I said, that's voluntary compliance. And I'd walk out of there, and they got my fines up to $268,000, and they kept lowering them and lowering it and lowering it. And, and I had about four or five meetings with the agents and stuff, and that's all I stood on was that Privacy Act law. And the last time I heard from them, it was uh, about seven years ago, and, the, and that 238000 went down to less than $1,000. I tried crushing my wages through my employer and everything, and I told my employer since when did I hire in to handle my private bills and, and uh, told them that if there wasn't an OMB number, which is from the Office of Budget Management, uh, directs all the paperwork, government paperwork through it, the United States, that it was just uh, junk mail. And I told them to go see their attorneys. And I've worked for about four different places since then, and, and they tried to garnish my wages. But whenever I went to my employer to say that to them, they, they never took out the taxes to make them pay it. Yeah, I was also wondering, too, if you get a letter from IRS, just say if you're asking how much of an uh, how much of a living I earned last year, I don't recall. And then you'll probably get a letter, something about an assessment or an estimate or blah blah blah. 
and just say, are you certain that these numbers are correct? And just keep sending polite letters back and forth, asking seemingly stupid questions. Like I said, I haven't heard from them in seven years. And the last balance that they had was like $958, something like that. I've never yeah, anybody that anybody that doesn't have IRS problems, I don't recommend they start any problems until they've actually done a, a lot of research. I'm pretty sure they know how they want to how to approach it. Uh, you're dealing with a modern day mafia, and, and they're a big organization to be playing games with. But I guess fortunately, yeah. it was just in the right time era to where they just figured I was that one tenth of a percent that they would just let go. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Be careful. <laughs> that guy that's talking, did he, uh, do you have a home or land or property, cars? <clears throat> yes, I do. But they're not my name. They're in a trust. Okay. That's the way to do it. I just thought I'd ask that because that you know it seems like the more the more the people have in their names, the easier it is for them to go after them. I guess. I'm a firm believer in the trust situation. Well, another thing people don't seem to think about ownership is liability. The more you have, the more you're responsible for. You got to take care of your own toys. And if that involves registering them or getting around registering them, that's part of the liability, the responsibility that comes with being the owner. I live in a mobile home, and they, and they tell you you have to register it every year. And uh, I tell them, why do I need to register it? It's not an automobile. It's not out on the road. They shut them right up. Yep. Sometimes it's that simple. Just ask a couple questions. And people are like, holy shit, he knows. We'll just let this guy go away quietly. Well, I guess that trust did protect it then, didn't it? Hey, Mike. What's that? Can we ask a question, me and my wife? Yeah. Okay, we, we, we have a court case. Well, it's not a court case right now. My wife is being sentenced, and she has to turn herself in this week. Um. Can y'all, can, can the group um, listen to what we have to say, and maybe we can come up with some answers on what we might do. Yeah. Okay. My wife is going to speak a little bit and hopefully we can come to some type of remedy. Okay. So the judge uh, put an order together for me based on some letters that I wrote to her on taking judicial notice um, based on some uh, 
improper conduct of my attorney. And she wrote basically that I have up to a year to uh, file a motion to uh, for ineffective counsel. But technically, I'm in custody now, even though I have to surrender on Friday. I'm on bond. So my plan was to try to write, redraft my letter um, based on the fact that, you know, the ineffective counsel and put my points in there and deliver it to her on Wednesday. Can that be, like, is that something that can be done? Or what is your thoughts on that? Well, what is the charge and how much time are they looking for? Uh, the charge is conspiracy to mail wire fraud. And she had given me 48 months. So I'm guessing it's a fictitious plaintiff. There's no witness with any firsthand personal knowledge. Which is what correct. Do have, what do they have for like emails or wiretaps or they got any kind of bullshit evidence like that? Uh, no. After after they milked her, after they milked her all her money, and she couldn't afford the attorneys that she had, they gave her a public defender. And then the public defender, they didn't look at any of the material that the first counsel that she had was using. They just told her, look, you need to plead. You're going to get 30 years if you go to trial. If you don't go to trial, then we we can get you at least three to four years. So she was afraid, and she signed the plea agreement. And they told me they were picking me probation. Oh, and they also told her that she was going to get probation and not time. But when it went after she signed the agreement, then I guess she went to a hearing. You went to a hearing, correct? Yes, I went to a hearing and the judge and charged Yeah. And then that's when the judge charged her for with 48 hours. So is there any kind of remedy other than filing a motion 225 Uh, sorry, go ahead. You pretty much agree to everything that they, they wanted. Well, which is a, you're right. We agreed we agreed to the plea agreement, but I didn't we didn't know anything about call at that point in time. Well, the good thing you can you can correct a mistake at any time. It's just a matter of thinking of the right way to go about it first. And that's what we need you from because the guy just told me that you was a great guy, Mike, and that you know how to write letters. So we we calling out to you because we just did with this talk sheet. So we need to talk to you about this because Carl was busy. Did, so what's um, the, the best way of going by this? Did they... Did you get any kind of a letter from anybody talking about the plea agreement before you signed one? It was done when I went to the attorney's office as we were trying to prepare for trial. 
So it was done in one trip in back in 2000, October 2013. And my court date for sentencing was June of 2014. Um... Well, if you had ineffective counsel and the plea agreement was a mistake, then that's going to cause them a little bit of problem. Um, so who's the plaintiff? United States of America? Yes. Is this related to IRS? No. This was a real estate mortgage. I, I was one of the brokers that got caught up in that mortgage stuff so, back in 2006. So what what are they using as evidence? A bunch of he say, she say letters from people that worked for me, pointing the finger at me. So they're blaming you for something. Do they have any evidence of what they're blaming you for? Or is it just their letters? Well, it's, it's their statements. The uh, district attorney went and interviewed a lot of these people. And so they're using these statements from these people as one of those things. The second thing is they showed me a contract that I signed of one of the people that bought one of the houses. And it was actually someone that worked for me bought one of my homes, um, and his income wasn't what he stated in the contract. And at that time, they had stated income, stated asset-type programs, so that's what he was under. It was a stated, one of those stated programs. And so the attorneys are saying, you know, even though I told them, well, this is, the per- this is what income the person told me that they made, so I go by that. And, like, and so... Um, they were saying that he, the, the person that signed that contract, told them that I knew that he didn't make that income. So it's things like that that happened. They have two of those contracts like that, that they just said that I knew what they actually made. So there's no, you know, that, that's pretty much it. Um, well, they, 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 can't have, really prove, they can't really prove that you knew he was lying. Right. I don't know what Didn't that person that pay for wouldn't they be a client? Sorry, say that again? I said, wouldn't the person that, that bought the property from that bought figures down, would they be liable for something as well? Your phone's cutting out a bit. It's hard to hear what you're saying. I think wouldn't the person that, that the property the paperwork and obviously he made false um accusations about what he put on as far as figures, wouldn't he be liable for something? That's what yeah. I would think. He wouldn't make a witness. Well anybody who put their signature on paper and said something that's not true has some explaining to do. 
that's worth you could, you could actually impeach that person as a whip. Because anybody, anybody that puts their signature on a piece of paper is liable for something. So if they're putting their name on paper and they're making false accusations, then they're they're in serious trouble. So you don't have a lawyer right now? No. Well, I just they, the court-appointed attorneys are still, you know, quote unquote, my representatives right now, even though in the letter of the judge, she's recognizing that I'm having some issues with them. Okay, well, firing a lawyer is easy. They're just confusing you or making you think something else. Um, Yeah, all you have to do is say something like, uh, greetings, Bob, thank you for your help. I can handle my own affairs. I no longer require your assistance. Kind regards. Just fire them. Okay, so uh-huh. that's going to be that's going to be done the first thing in the morning. We're going to fire the, fire them. But do we need to send that to the public? I mean, to the public as well. A notice to the court system, or just to the lawyers. Um, that should probably be a notice. See, yeah, you got only till Friday, eh? Yes. Um, you might want to maybe write a notice saying um, something like, I require 60-day continuance to seek competent counsel. I don't know if in your area they call it a continuance or a stay or an adjournment, whatever they call it there. But I would try because if if you fired your lawyer and now you have no lawyer, they can't attack you without a without a lawyer present, and they're going to automatically assume that you're going to get another lawyer, that you're just not happy with the lawyer you have. And okay, but would that, but Mike, would that would that would that make the um, sentence put that sentence in a stay period? Or she. Because she, right. she has to turn herself in Friday. So if she does this in the morning, fire her an attorney, can she do an emergency um, hearing at the courthouse and then require a 60-day leave of court to seek competent counsel? And then in the meantime, we can write letters to the judge and let the judge know that this was a uh, fictitious litigation. Yeah, see, that sounds like a good idea, but I've never done anything with, like, an emergency motion or uh, an emergency a notice for emergency hearing or anything like that. I'm not exactly sure how that's done. I'm not sure who on this call would know better than me. Okay, gotcha. I understand. Okay. okay. Yeah, if, somebody she, on the call she, has any, if somebody on the call has any ideas, jump in. Yeah, she could... They can put in for an emergency hearing and, and most of the court for an emergency hearing, but um, the chance can and change his mind as, as far as that goes because this is, well, like, what, your second or third attorney that you've had? 
Well, this is a court appointed attorney. My first attorney attorneys were attorneys that I paid for back in 2007, and I thought it was actually done because I, they didn't indict me until 2011. So I, I didn't have representat- representation in 2011. So they they appointed me uh, a court appointed they a court appointed me an attorney. Uh, one it was a one guy, and then they they I guess the court fired that guy and got me a firm, which is who I'm dealing with right now. And that firm didn't get any of the previous information. Nothing. They just kind of took they just you know took over and rushed the process. Yeah, isn't, there a certain, isn't there a certain amount of time you have before you get indicted? I'm sorry, don't they, don't they don't they have a certain amount of time to indict to indict you? They got me right at the tail end of when my statutes were over. And that's why they they charged me with conspiracy because they don't have anything on me. That that's it. Yeah, she's kind of like a contempt of court. All you've done is is piss somebody off, and they got to try to figure out some way to charge it. I'm kind of right. going through the same thing. I'm going through the same thing, except they offered me seven to twenty-one years. And and also remember, um, we need y'all to let y'all know this as well. The first attorneys that she paid was paying a restitution for her. Yes. Explain that too. Okay, so when I first started out, um, there was, let me see, I refiled, well, they they locked all of my accounts, so all of the money that was in the account, they took that, and then I started selling off property, like my cars, I took, uh, I refinanced my home um, and had about $1.8 million, and I put in um, about, I don't know, a little over like $1.5 million into back into the company to settle with people. Uh, and I, I went down, this was in California, so I went from L.A. to the Bay Area where this happened. And my attorneys and myself, they, they drafted up these settlements, and the people that wanted to participate, because he held these conference calls when this first, first happened, and told everybody where we were going to be and – they needed to send in the proof of their their uh, promissory notes and things of that nature of their investment. And when we went in, the people that participated, they all got their settlement. The people that um, did not participate chose not to not to participate and waited on the um, the prosecution to do their thing. But majority of the people were paid back. So who's the one that's complaining in this case? That's what I'm, from what I've seen, I don't know all that that left. And, and, you know, based on, like, some of the documentation I have, some of my records show that they've been paid. So I don't know all of who they're talking about. Because some of the people that came are the ones that are, I guess, um, have their that are complaining are people that I didn't even know or people that I didn't I wasn't even uh, running the company at the time, so I don't know. 
But is it like a bank coming after you, or is it a man and woman? Or there, it's a combination of banks and people. But all the people, but all the people, got paid back. So these fictitious entities who claim that she owed them money, we really don't know who they were. Once her money ran out with with the law firm she was paying, he dropped the case, and then they they provided her with um, public defenders, who did none of the paperwork. They didn't even request the paperwork from the paid attorneys. They just gave her. I mean, they just set her down and told her the consequences if she didn't go ahead and settle. That's why. So this is all based on a bunch of numbers on a paper and no man or woman can verify the debt. That's correct. So nobody can prove any harm, loss, or injury. Correct. People are just testifying to what it says on their computer and what the paper in front of them says. Right. Do you have a copy of the case file? Not the entire file, no. I would maybe send another letter to that lawyer, maybe in the same envelope, maybe in a different one, who knows. But saying, greetings, Bob, I require a complete copy of the case file regarding this matter. Or I require a copy of case file number XXXXX. Kind regards. Okay, Mike, what, what's that going to prove to us? What, what we need that for at this point? Well, you don't really need it, but... It's also another stall tactic because if you have no lawyer, they can't move forward. If you say you have no idea what's going on in this case, you require 60 days to seek competent counsel. They're going to be thinking that you're going to get a copy of the case file, bring it to your new lawyer, and you're going to get all ready, and your lawyer's going to throw you under the bus. So they're going to give you more time, hopefully. And then in that time, you can write a bunch of letters and notices and try and fix all this. Okay. Now, now one more one more question. The 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 order she just received, um, basically telling her that she's already in the custody of the federal government. So, and that she has an appearance bond in place. What does that mean? She can't do any of this stuff that we have, that we, we're talking about now? She's, see, when when she signed that bond, she is now under the custody of whoever whoever issued the bond. Basically, she's a prisoner on leave, according to them. It's kind of like what? probation or parole sort of thing. One slip up right. and you're back in. Technically, you're under their custody, but you're allowed out till the streetlights come on, or in this case, until you show up for court. 
So technically okay. he is under their custody now, but um, I don't know how much you guys have listened to Carl, but I thought it was great when Carl described it like your person is the car and the state has every right to use that car but they have to be aware that there's a dog tied to that bumper or a man attached to that person so even though they're going after the person there's still a man attached to that person that they're causing harm to and if that man or woman uh, finds a mistake then they have every right and they have a duty and an obligation to correct that mistake at any time. So anything that goes on in that court case after that mistake is no longer good. They have to start over and correct the mistake and go from there. So a combination of getting rid of the lawyer and correcting a mistake or two and then start asking questions. Okay. Hey, Mike. Mike. Hey, Mike. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. This Rhonda. Hey, how's it going? Uh, good. How you doing? Good. Uh, I was just listening to that. I thought the woman said earlier that there was a couple people that didn't settle. That was told to her about the by the attorneys. Does she have a record of the people that supposedly have a claim against her, would have a claim against her that she settled with? It, it was told by her attorney that there was no complaint in the right. case file. Right. There was no there was complaint, no complaint. In, in the case file. And we have an email from the attorney showing this, I mean, speaking this. No complaint so, from a man or woman. Correct. There's no complaint at all. Yeah, no complaint. Well, here's here's another thought. Why don't you find out who hasn't settled, find out what their problem is and what they want to shut up and go away, make everybody happy. I don't I don't have those I don't have those records. I don't have and, these people like there there are people that yeah, I don't I don't have access to that. But they have to provide you with that. They have to give you the opportunity to compensate. They have to give you the opportunity to settle out of court. Yeah, what well, you may have. Didn't you may already have. say that you paid out so much money to, to settle? Right, but things? the attorneys, my previous attorneys had a list. He, he, had, he held a conference. A bunch of people called into the attorney's office, and he held a conference and made notes of everybody that called and participated but i have i don't have that attorney anymore um and you know the people that did not participate is who i guess this prosecutor is has gone out and fished out so i don't know who those people are is there a, you said that there's no affidavits of or of a complaint like that in the file right right there's no complaint so the prosecutor's telling you he does have people that say that you caused harm but yes, there's nothing in right, the file. Right, but my attorney emailed me. I sent an email asking for who is the, uh, where is the complaint, and they basically they told me they skipped over that process and just indicted me. So I don't have a complaint in the file. Well, 
for one, it kind of sucks that it was an email, but at least you got it in email. But yes. you, this is stuff you're going to have to start attacking. Not only that, you have the right to have um, discovery of all the facts before you even have any kind of trial or anything. That discovery of facts is what you should have gotten to where you should have been able to see what, who, who said what against you. Well, I, I understand what you're saying, but that part is, is, is gone now. When when she hired these attorneys, you know how attorney do. do. They they push you out the way and handle things on their own. They never told her or shared with her who these people were. They just knew that she had this money and they wanted to milk her, and that's what they did. They came up with all these suspicious people saying that she owed these people back. Any re, any man or woman that they found, they did. I guess they paid them back, but then they came up and said, okay. Um, we still have some more people that need to be taken care of, and they never shared that with her. So that, see, that, all of that stuff. Attorneys do this, but right now she has to turn herself in Friday. So right. we need I'm to driving know. as we speak right now. I'm so on the road to, driving. We need to know because she's already considered in their custody. Is there a remedy? for this, like habeas corpse. Do anybody know habeas corpse? Is that part of common law where she can use a habeas corpse and then she can say, and the habeas court can say something like a notice of um, judicial because they never established judicial. They, they yeah, never I established would, that because the plaintiff I wouldn't, bother, was, I wouldn't bother with a habeas corpus or anything like that, but what I was saying <clears throat> Fire the lawyer because you got to get rid of the lawyer. He can do whatever he chooses. But then the notice of mistake would be at one time, I believed it would be a benefit to accept a plea deal. However, I now realize it is no longer, it is not only is it not a benefit, it is also a source of harm to I and my family or something along those lines and just rescind that uh, plea agreement. Okay, so now I did that, but I did that before. Like, I still had the attorneys. I've said that, and they didn't recognize that. Um, it's because you had an attorney. They right, right. right. Your attorney said no okay. because the other side would, he knew the other side wouldn't allow it anyway. Your attorney, his attorney buddy would have said, no freaking way, you're not putting that in the file. And they could have went and cried to a judge, and the judge would have said, no, you're not putting that in the file. So, therefore, she needs to fire the attorney tomorrow morning yeah. and right. then file the notice of mistake or notice of error. Okay. Yeah, I would say mistake instead of error. I forget what the big difference is, but error is not as good. I would rather I would rather use the word mistake. Okay. And then once you get rid of the attorney, I say by Thursday she can put in the uh, well Wednesday she can put in notice Wednesday. of notice of mistake, and then Thursday she can put in um, a notice to the prosecutor. By asking them certain questions, um, do you believe I did wrong? Do you believe I owe a debt? 
will you verify this in court? Because at this point, they have to let her come back into the courtroom and explain herself about the notice of error. I mean, I'm sorry, notice of mistake. Forgive me, Mike. Notice of mistake. But the the main thing, though, if I'm doing all of this, what do I do to say the the having to turn myself in to be able to do all this Friday? Because if I have a hearing that's scheduled and I'm in prison, I well, can't go to the hearing. Yep. Your hearing should be the next day. So if you do this on a Thursday, your hearing should be that Friday because these attorneys, once you once you get rid of an attorney, they have to file a a, a special hearing. Um, I forgot the name of it. Then I should probably do it Wednesday, not Thursday, because if I do it Thursday, I got to turn myself in at noon Friday. That won't give me enough time. Okay, gotcha. Well, file both of them at the same time. Right. That's file, what I was your, say. file your attorney in the morning, and then and then you turn around and file that motion. That that no, I'm sorry, that notion notice of mistake. And then in the meantime, right. you file another notice that would give specifically to your your prosecutor. And we're going to ask those same questions like that Bonner guy asked, but we're just going to change it around a little bit, put her on the spot. So when you right. go in there, bro, we don't want to file that paperwork because we need to file that when you get into the court. Yeah, I would I would put the notice oh, no. of mistake, the notice of mis- mistake in rescinding the plea. Uh, I would fire the lawyer right away. Yeah. And I would also put in a notice that I require 60-day continuance to seek competent counsel. And push sentencing back. Maybe they'll give you 60 days, maybe they'll give you 30. But at least well, get I mean, some more time. Well, maybe they'll push it because I'm also expecting I'm four months pregnant. So, I, you know, if I could, I could try to push this past my delivery date um, to try to handle all of this. Um, yeah. Being that she has to turn herself in, though, is she already sentenced or not? Yeah, she already sentenced. Hey, Mike. Yeah? I got a question. <clears throat> I'm thinking she should challenge jurisdiction that same day on Friday. Right. On Thursday. Once one subject matter jurisdiction has been challenged, from my understanding, everything shuts down until they figure out who's got control. And if she puts in, like Mike was saying, the uh, the rescission notice and you know the firing notice of the attorney, but at the same time puts in a notice that she's challenging jurisdiction. Uh, from my understanding is because it seems like everybody on the call agrees there's no man going to come forth and claim shows the death. Co- correct. The only thing I'm worried about is you put this extension notice in and they say, no, we'll give you another date, but you're going to sit in jail while you're waiting for it. So I'm just thinking of one extra little thing. Maybe she could challenge jurisdiction or, you know, bring forth a man, something. Just a little backdoor thing in case they don't give her the extension, just to have something in the pocket in the file to say, hold on a second, we're challenging something. Yeah. How, how, do, you um, write up, how do you write up a challenge, though, a uh, challenge to judicial? Just say, notice our woman challenged judicial? Or, well, no, it's something more like, uh, you know, once she rescinds that contract, she's basically going to say that she has no verifiable in front of her, or no verifiable debt. 
No man has come forth to claim the debt, and she's challenging jurisdiction. He doesn't believe there's a man. So it's okay. just a, a letter basically saying, I have not received any verifiable debt, so I am challenging subject matter jurisdiction. I do not believe I owe a debt, nor do I believe any man or woman will come forth to claim I owe the debt. So something like that where at least she didn't have to put it in right there on the spot, but if they're telling her, no, you're going to jail, fucking hand that to the bailiff and say, uh-uh, there's my answer. I'm just looking for a back door for you guys. Everything might be right, 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 right. But if they fucking bamboozle you, I want you to have your own bamboozle. You know, keep challenging, keep challenging. Keep yeah, it's definitely good to have a few different approaches. <clears throat> Hit them with a few different things at the same time. Yeah, especially that I have a new belief. I have new information, which allows me to challenge jurisdiction. Right, uh, right, right. Shit. How do we write that up? <laughs> well, my letter of the notice of rescission was, was good that I, you know, I have new knowledge, I have a new belief, and I rescind all contracts, all plea agreements, and we are not moving forward until, you know, we find out who's really got jurisdiction here because as of today, I've got no verifiable complaint. You guys want to go put me in your little box. So let's find out who's got but, control. For now, once this is done, huh? Are you if guys? I put that uh, in, how do I? Are you guys, How do I know that I don't have to go? Like you know, what I'm saying, like if I put all this in, do I still need to get that some type of order from the judge saying, okay, we're going to stop everything? And you know, because according to the me having to turn myself in, they're going based on what that judge's order is. Right. I don't want well, to say that I'm not going to do something and they come sending the marshals to me to arrest me anyway. Well, here's the deal. You, the, the judge gave the order because he had the jurisdiction because you put in the plea agreement. So all we're doing is rescinding that agreement and modifying the terms. I'll, I'll still go in your box, but you bring forth a man. But see, if, if you say, I'm, I rescind the plea agreement, that means there is no longer any agreement. That means the sentence is gone. And you can say something like, if you had to, you could say something like, I will agree to two years probation and a fine of $20,000 and make out a payment plan and just go on your merry life. Or you could fight this. Like There's different ways you could go about it. But well, I think your first one, Mike, was the best option, was try to get more time, give them more time to learn, more time to write notices, more time to build a case. Yeah, right. because you can, because you can, you can start pounding the prosecutor in private with questions if you have more time. To show him that he, politely, show him that he has no plaintiff, that he has no first-hand witness that there's actually no harm, loss, or injury. There is no breach of contract. There's no controversy whatsoever. And then what are they left with? Nothing. Well, and and, and the only way she can get rid of him is to have a hearing because the judge has to take and fire the attorney. She can't just fire the attorney. It has that's, to a load, a judge. that's a load of crap, though. When she goes if to I, have 
hiring. If I if I hire you to come over and paint my fence, you're doing a terrible job. I can just fire you. I don't need to get anybody's permission to fire you. I understand that, Mike, but she's already into the statutory court, and that's how they operate. And only the judge can really take and, and get rid of that attorney for her. Once he does that, if she can show that he's not working on her best then that's when I would take and go and ask for another extension as far as time to be able to get counsel. But if she becomes a man instead of a defendant, that changes the whole game. Well, and it does. See, once she takes it and gets it, I can't hear that. It's breaking up and there's noise. Whoever's not talking, mute out. What I'm saying is, is when she has that hearing to get rid of the attorney, that's when she can get her extension. And then once she has her extension, then she can go ahead and rescind everything and, and go into her common law questions or whatever. No, I would rescind that thing immediately. Now, I have another question. This might be way out left field, but... You know, to hire attorneys, of course, that costs money. You know, it costs a great deal of money. And I have paid um, close to 50, I paid $50,000 to a criminal defense attorney, and their firm was indicted. And so, therefore, my money was turned into the court uh, to the receiver. Um, they blocked a lot of my accounts and everything. Is there a way for me to file for me to get my money back or <laughs> I think you should focus on staying out of prison before you worry about getting your money back. Yeah, we, we'll go after them later. Let's yeah, yeah. I, I would say you could absolutely well, get it back, but I would I wouldn't even be thinking about that at all yet. Are you guys uh, on Skype and in my contact list? Yes, sir. Are you in some of the Skype rooms? Um, we are in the um, common common in law. Um, send me a message, and I can um, I can put you in some Skype room, Skype rooms real quick too, because there's tons of people in the Skype rooms. You can ask questions in there. Get okay. Some, well, uh, get some letters and notices and stuff written up. Okay, we driving right now. We're on our way to California to turn her in. So I can't get to Skype right now. All right. Are you going to have access to Skype when you get there or no? Yes, we will for a couple of days. Yes. Whereabouts in California? Oakland. Oakland? Yes. Is that where you guys stay? Yes. Well, I think Mike's giving you everything you guys can do. I mean, your best option is we're sending that contract immediately, start putting in some notices that uh, she's a woman, she knows her rights, and she's now requiring... We hit a dead spot. Sorry about that. I think you've got really good good info. Just this little short call is really what you yes. have to do. 
Yeah, yes. with that um with that that plea agreement in place, that means you agreed to everything and you kind of bound yourself to your own law. That's your word. So on Friday at court they don't have to say anything because you've already agreed to it. So that's why I'm saying it's very important, one, to fire that lawyer because he can block everything that you try and do. So get rid of the lawyer immediately. Rescind that that plea agreement. So now that you haven't agreed to anything, they don't have any consent either. And get a notice in that you require more time to see competent counsel so they can't attack somebody that doesn't even have a, a lawyer to defend them. And then it might be a good idea to think about and notice that I'm an idiot in regard to legal society and just start hammering them with notices. Maybe send a couple private man-to-man letters to the man acting as prosecutor. Just get that pen smoking. Okay. But make sure you guys, do you guys know how to get a hold of me on Skype? Um, yes. Which which group do you frequently go into? If you're in common law, I think I probably show up as common law in that room. I'm not sure. But if I'm not in your if I'm not in your contact list, send me a message that you need let me know who you are and I'll put you in some rooms and we can try and help with some letters and notices real quick. Okay, that's great. That's great. Okay, is there anything we can do with the with the judge? Any notice we can send to the judge to let her know that, you know, I'm not gonna say the word fraud, but it was a fraud. It was uh, I, fraud is really ugly and accusatory. I would just say something more like, uh, I believe there's been a mistake. Don't okay. go using the word fraud. It just sounds terrible. It'll get everybody's feathers ruffled and it's almost impossible to prove fraud. You can kind of do it on paper if you're tricky, but to actually read somebody's mind doesn't work. So. so I believe that there was a mistake. In a yeah, and remember too, remember too, even though, even though she appears to be completely in the statutory world, I think actually there's a, a YouTube video. Uh, I think it's called, Oh Crap, I'm a Man, where you, you pretty much, oops, I made a mistake. I'm actually a man. And the defendant is what you're calling my person. Let them know that the 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 man is gonna it's gonna cause harm to the man for this for this prison sentence. I'm gonna stay out of jail. Thanks. You guys can do whatever you want to the person, but don't cause harm to the man. Well, not only that, it's actually because then they could even put like a suspended sentence on on the person, saying, "Oh, the person better obey the laws for the next 24 months, or else we'll send a warrant out for that person." 
long as they hold the man harmless, who cares what they do with the person? Yeah, she could actually have a pretty good case because with her being pregnant, it's actually harming the baby. Nobody well, likes another thing is uh, another thing to remember is all California courts are courts of record. You just have to evoke it. So uh, just keep that in mind and, when you're open. And you would be doing that because all your letters and notices would be I, a woman, and your name. And you'd be using words like wish and require and believe. Bingo. I guess what my, my thing, my I've run up against where I've actually uh, sent that, like I've sent a couple of those letters. And, I mean, ultimately the judge is the one that's, creating this order, and the prison is going to abide by her order. So that's where I'm a little concerned. Um, What do I do to get her to change her mind or to do something or something that I have in paper that, okay, we're we're continuing this or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, you know, I can't, I don't know. I just, if I just send something, they're still going to make me go. Um, what if she challenges jurisdiction, Mike? Don't they have to, doesn't everything have to stop until jurisdiction is proven? Yeah, I would think so, yeah. Okay, so fire her attorney tomorrow morning and then challenge jurisdiction. Do everything that was suggested, but also challenge the jurisdiction. Because as far as I know, nothing could be continued until jurisdiction is established. The first well, thing my... I would worry, first thing I would worry about is when you get to where you're going, get on Skype, and we can get you in a couple of the rooms. We can start with a couple, couple of the first things first, like the um, the notice to rescind the letter to fire the lawyer, the notice that you require more time. And worry about focusing on those first, and then by then we'll come up with ideas for the next ones to send out tomorrow. Okay. That's something my husband uh, start that process, because I'm driving. So he'll probably be able to do that, right? Yes, we'll be okay. able to do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the 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 way I see it is the judge the judge is not doing them ha- her harm. He he's just c- carrying out her wishes because she yeah. didn't agree agreement. Yeah, you 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 got kind of well. I don't even know if you were swindled into it or not, but you were convinced that it was a good idea to sign the plea agreement, whether they extorted you, threatened you, whatever. None of that on paper. The only thing that's on paper is that she wished for, what was it, 24 months or whatever. That's what's in the file is her signature saying, please give me 24 months. Remember yeah, she said they wanted a whole five. She put on her person suit and put in a plea agreement. Now take your person suit off and walk in there with a woman and say, that's all gone. Yeah, I must have had a brain. I must have had a brain fart. Good thing I snapped out of it before I really yeah. got myself hurt. 
There's a woman attached to this car. Slow the fuck down. Now, can she speak that when she get there, or she needs to have that in writing? She she should have everything in writing and filed before court. But see, that's another thing. I wouldn't worry about it right now, but there's a bunch of other notices that she can have written out beforehand and bring into court with her. So she doesn't have to talk in court. She can just pick a notice, sign her name to it, hand it in, not say a word in court. Yeah, that's what I was a little worried about. But, yeah, that, that makes sense, too. Yeah, everything, you want everything to be in writing. Even even taking the extra 30 seconds to write something down, you can do a lot of thinking while you're writing. Just kind of an extra trick to slow things down and give you a second to think, but it also gets all your words on paper. Because it's a two-dimensional world in there, Court. Everything is paper in there. Hell, no. Let me let me see if I understand this. She's going to call the attorney the first thing in the morning. Yep. Then she's going to go and ask for an emergency hearing for status. It's called an ex parte. Ex parte. Okay. Yeah, if you go in and ask for an ex parte hearing, you're asking to see the judge within 72 hours. I just learned that. So. Yeah, and it, 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 they might call it something different, too. Like, it could be called an emergency injunction or some kind of other crazy name, but an emergency hearing, emergency motion, emergency injunction. Right, so that to that attachment, you're going to have your own I, a woman letter behind it requiring to see the judge, basically, so that you're using their document to get it through the clerk real quick, but your attachment will be there stating what your requirements are as a woman. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're going to go get this ex parte uh, thing from the clerk, because I tried to see the judge, and she said, honey, you need to file an ex parte. And I said, honey, I don't know what the hell an ex parte means. And she goes, it just means you want to see the judge fast. And I said, okay. So in order to file, you just get that ex parte. You can download it online. And then you attach your notice to the ex parte requiring to have a hearing. Is that right, Mike? That makes sense. We're not just using their documents. We're we're including our documents with their documents. Okay, so with this ex parte, and then it's going to be a notice attached to it, notice of um, error, or don't put that in yet, notice of, notice of mistake, don't put that in yet. Well, here's my thing. Why are you guys asking for an ex parte when you have a hearing coming up on we, Friday? We don't have a hearing coming up on Friday. Yeah, but I'm we supposed to surrender. She's supposed to surrender to the to the prison on Friday. Oh, so you're going to try and push a hearing before then? Yes. Yeah. I mean, she's four months pregnant, and we don't want her in there at all. But so we're trying to force force a hearing. How to file an ex parte emergency motion? But um, yeah, that's that's where we at. 
Okay, so they they filed a case against you, and all these notices we're talking about putting in are going into their case. Yes. Okay. Well, hey, what about a notice of mistake? No, right. Mike, it, you gotta hit that. You gotta you gotta rescind it, and then somehow get your common law evoked in there. You can't just hope that they're gonna see your. You gotta. Tell them, hey, we're we're now moving to the common law side, and uh, this is going to cause me harm. I require the plaintiff to appear. You know, all these things are going to have to be done and said on that day, or if you can get an ex parte, I don't know. I've never done it. I can just tell you I went to go try to do it. But uh, And not only harm to her, but harm to the baby that she's carrying in her stomach. Are you the dad? Yes. Well, you better start throwing in some notices too about your property. That's your property in her bun, in her little honey bun there. Are you guys married? No, we're not married. Who gives a shit? Because he could claim as property, his wife as property as well. I don't know. It's got the same DNA. It seems like property to me. That's just my belief. Right, right, right. Yeah, he has a vested interest in her. Now that she's pregnant, it's even better. Well, I believe Dad could start throwing some shit in there. I would. If it was my wife and we weren't married and it was my baby, I'd be writing some shit like, I'm going to hold every motherfucking one of you liable if you touch my kid and my baby and my mama. Uh Uh-uh, 100%. That makes sense. Because you ain't got no case against you, right? No. Man, How old is the woman? Say what? How old is the How? woman? I'm, I'm sorry, say that one more time. How old, How old is the woman? How old? Yes. 37. Okay. Yeah, but noticing mistake. Is- the thing is, if he tries to claim her as property, then she's not going to have any say in anything anymore. I don't know if he claims her, but he he could definitely claim the baby. That was what I was saying, Mike, is that uh, yeah. by, by harming this woman, you will harm my property, which is in her belly. It was just another stall tactic, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to think out loud because... Uh, right, right, right. You know... I hate to see people going through this, and I have friends of mine who actually went through this, and they're now paying back the state. I mean, the IRS came and seized their bank accounts and threatened them with jail time, and they all took plea agreements. They all paid it all back, but after I had studied Carl's stuff, I was like, man, you could have kind of got out of that, you know? But, of course, you guys got four days or whatever we got here. You got to on the way out, but you got to get on the Skype rooms. Start typing some shit up. Don't turn in a bunch of random shit that you think might work. Really take the time. Correct. Correct. Talk you to the people and get into every room and say, hey, look, this is what I got. This is what I'm doing. People will hop on there if you keep bugging them. Especially if you let them know the court date, you know. They won't fuck with you as much. A lot of people like to teach in there, you know. 
They won't actually tell you what to write. They'll make you keep writing, rewriting it, rewriting it until you start to see the way you're yeah, writing it. If you're not, if it's somebody, if it's somebody that's not in a big hurry, sometimes I'll I'll just ask questions and make them think about it first. But when it's a hurry, I usually get right to the point. Yeah, but he's really mean when he does it. <laughs> All right, so suspend the sentence. All right. That's one option. I think she needs to get rid of the attorney first while then stall for time after she gets rid of the attorney to get more legal counsel. Well, yeah, I was just like Mike told you, man. Go number one. Yeah, well, we've, already, we've already been through this. Write a letter, fire the attorney, put a notice in that she needs, she requires 60 days continuance to seek competent counsel. That should slam on the brakes a little bit. And then uh, put in the notice of mistake and rescind the plea agreement. And then from there, I would say it would be a matter of writing letters or notices saying uh, probably letters in the private, man-to-man letters to the prosecutor trying to settle in private with the plaintiff. And then just start man-to-man letters hammering holes in his case. But the thing is, is we got to get we got to get through Friday first and get more time. Right. If we can't stop it dead in its tracks, it's you're going to need more time to do shit. Right. Then it was challenging jurisdiction. Is there any way possible that Call has a um, a video out there that talks about something similar to this? Um, I don't know what all the videos are out there now, but you can type Carl Lentz and then just a subject keyword and just see what comes up. Okay. Gotcha. Just, just call him, bro. He ain't doing nothing. Just give him a call. Oh, I don't have his number. Have you tried? I don't have his number. Like I said, this is our third, fourth time even listening to to um to call. So we was one of these people in the illusion as well. Oh man! Tell us, talk to us about Mike and call. Yeah, you probably don't want to bug Carl if you're three, four days deep. He's just gonna be pissed off because you don't know shit. Oh wow. No, just, you know, he he gets the saying, it's nothing personal. It's just, you know, so many people, it's not you. I did it. Everybody's fucking probably done it. But, uh, you know, they call up. They don't know the simple stuff. And so they ask really simple, simple questions. And you you got to imagine he's been hearing this for three years. It's kind of frustrating, you know. It's like, hey, dude, go watch a couple hundred hours of videos, and then let's talk. So you don't have that option, but uh, right. So he he had to start from somewhere. I call him anyway. <laughs> yeah, I understand. You got yeah, I mean, I really believe that Mike, Gus, the 
people in the Skype room are gonna they're gonna do enough to get you enough time to be able to do this right. I believe that. These guys are pretty fucking good at what they're doing. But it's scary when you've never done it and then there's so much on the line. I totally do. But uh Knowing that she signed that contract in a person, she was wearing a suit, she didn't realize it could cause her harm, that's big. Knowing that you're in California and all California courts report a record, that's big. So if you take those steps that Mike gave you and then just have that little back door in your mind, that, hey, hold on, we're not going to proceed. You're sick of being challenged. Uh, who's going to cause harm? You guys can't cause harm. That's not what you're here for. So I believe that the Skype people will help you and uh, so will Mike. I think her challenging jurisdiction should be the last thing that she does if if she doesn't get an extension, then she should challenge jurisdiction. Do you have the uh, prosecutor's name and address? Yes, I do. That's good. You know the judge's name, just in case? Yep. I I, I, writ, I wrote letters to the judge, which is why she uh, sent me the order. Do you know who placed the order? It had to be the prosecutor is what I'm thinking, but do you know? Yeah. Well, the judge sent me the last order. Well, the judge proposes the order, and the prosecutor proposes the order, and the judge grants or denies it. She right. ordered it. This, this last one, I, I put in a, I put in uh, an order, and she denied my order, basically uh, wanting to wanting me to reword it and file a motion based on ineffective counsel. Right, so you were right there. She, you had an order, and she just wanted you to reword it. So a little bit more. Right. Well, because she was, because she was acting like a woman in a statutory court, and the judge couldn't understand that. Right. If she wants to play in a statutory court, she's got to do the statutory rules, the statutory language, or the court just doesn't understand it's gibberish to them. Okay, so she filed this strictly as a woman. Instead of a motion to vacate, she filed it as a, a notice of mistake and vacate of order. Then the judge has to handle her business, right? She has to do the right thing. Well, I don't know exactly, because I, I especially California courts... Um, I'm wondering the best way. Obviously, you'd have to put it in your paperwork. All the paperwork's going to be saying, I, a woman, anyway. But, but that's, that's what's worrying me. She's basically giving me an order stating how she wants it done in order to grant, basically even consider it. Yeah, I w I'm just kind of wondering how you would just put in a, like maybe put in a notice that you will be oh yeah because it's not a hearing they just want you to turn yourself in right right 
She has to challenge it. I think that's the only thing I can remember that, I mean, somebody said put a motion to stay in, Carl said that, for some certain shit, but at this point, I I would challenge it. Well, it's the right thing to do anyway. Who's going to come forth? Nobody. How can she challenge her own order? She's going to rescind it. She's going to do all that stuff, and she's going to ask for more time. But the day of, if they say, I hereby order you to objection, uh, and you put in your, you know what I mean? She can't go do time, period. So there's got to be a little. Once you order, what's what's Carl say with that other guy up in, was it Indiana? He wanted to rescind the order for the the bracelets that he had on his feet. Well, first he wanted to go after him. That was different. That was different, though, because Greg was in jail, and he was rescinding his bail, meaning going back to jail where you were before you signed the contract. Okay, the, right. but the point, she was the, in jail. But the, the point is, is if you rescind something, you go back to the point of where you was before you signed it, right? Before the contract. Which means, which means now there's no a plea, plea agreement and it was all a mistake and now there's no sentence and she has to be sentenced again. Except now she's got more time to challenge everything. Right. But and uh, she's exactly. got a huge, she's got a, a, a huge collection of ways to destroy their case because they actually don't have anything. It's a flimsy case all on consent. Right, but this guy's going in there saying challenge jurisdiction. I, I, first thing you do, I would do, like you said, Mike, was fire the lawyer and rescind the order. You know, and then if they go to order you to prison, okay, well, it's not my order anymore. Who's who's going to order me? Then you're going to have to pay up front because you're going to be causing harm to Then you go into that, causing harm to a woman. But she's yeah, got to rescind her own order before because she's causing harm to herself. She just realized, shoot, I'm causing harm to myself. And Friday's a little ways away. She's got bigger things to worry about for right now. But it, when it comes to Friday or at this hearing or whatever, I, I keep thinking it's a hearing for some reason. But, um, yeah, if she gets an order, she can just write anybody who acts on my behalf, bears liability, or anybody who places an order upon I or my person bears liability. There's all kinds of notices you can put in after, but first, I would say for sure the first thing is fire the lawyer. Second thing is rescind the plea agreement. Notice a mistake. And then get on the I require more time to seek competent counsel. I'd probably put rescind, revoke, and terminate, so make sure I cover all the bases. <laughs> yeah. But that's pretty much step one, is do those three things, and then in the back door have a folder while you're in court if they start moving in the wrong direction. Well, if we can hammer out those three letters, notices tonight, or tomorrow morning or whatever, send them off, and then all day tomorrow there's a few more letters and notices to get written. Well, you guys are going to walk them into the clerk's office, right? Yes. Yeah, you guys, they're going to write these and then walk them right in there, so they should get filed immediately. So they should be... Yeah, so if things go well, 
if things go well and they file it with no complaints, you could go in there twice a day and file notices into there if you want. Okay. Yeah. But the last show I heard, somebody said something about file on demand. So if they give us any problem, we're going to put file no, on demand. Don't, don't get into that. It, don't oh. even need to. Use their notices. I already just I just went through this, bro, in California. Okay, I did the whole thing. Just go up there or actually go online. Find out what you need, what document you need for whatever you're asking for. If it's just a notice, you shouldn't need anything from that. Nothing. You're just filing a notice, just walk in and hand in your notice. With the case okay. number on, and they have filed into and the I'll case tell you, rule no, Court rule number 2.0, it talks about the formatting of documents being filed and that the clerks cannot interfere with you filing any format. So you could argue the point, but if you're going to look for an ex parte, which I don't believe you even need to do, because you're right there. Just got to get these, just like Mike said, those those three. Get those in and then start trying to backdoor yourself something if they want to get crazy um, and not give you some time. But okay. uh, if it's just a notice, literally you should be able to just walk up to the clerk and say, I'm in this case and I need to give a notice. And it should be that simple. You shouldn't okay. have to file anything. But see, the thing is, though, is she's just expected to turn herself in. There is no hearing on Friday. Yeah, we trying to just revoke. Turn in, yeah. But she's going to rescind it. She's going to file the rescission notice into the case. As a woman, right. But the notice, the notice of mistake is basically going to void the order as well. Well, yeah, she's taking off the suit. She's, she's mm-hmm. filing that into the case that I'm taking off my person suit. There's now a woman here, and uh, that's what I thought we were talking about. Who are you supposed case. to turn yourself into, like the sheriff or? No, the prison system itself. What do you mean the, the prison the... system? You're going to drive to a, a prison and knock on the door, or are you going to go to court and they'll take you from there? No, I'm, we are advised to go straight to the prison system. Okay, that's why you wanted to file the ex parte. Right. Now, now it makes sense. So, yeah, Mike, they could still do that. File an ex parte, be the judge, and you can still put in all your notices with your ex parte. But I thought with an ex parte, you have to, that's, that's strictly for family court. No. No. Ex parte. All it I is think it's just the judge. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, you, the clerks will tell you. You just walk in and say, hey, look, i got a really big problem. I really need to see the judge right away. Here's my ex parte and my notices. This is why I'm here. This is what we're talking about. Can you please get him to see that? It's life or death. And no, they'll file that shit. She tried to argue with me, too, and I just said, hey, look, can you just file it and let the judge make a determination on whether I should have or not? <laughs> and she goes, okay. And she filed it. So, you know, don't just walk away if they say, oh, we can't file this. Just, no, 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 you don't understand. <laughs> then I need to see the on-duty judge. You know what I mean? Yeah, you need to see somebody now. If she can't file it, I need to see somebody now. 
<clears throat> that's your court. You're walking into your court. Your courthouse, I mean. So don't give up, bro. You can do this. Hello? Okay. All right, we still here, guys. So, still try to do an ex parte. Well, what do you think, Mike? I mean, he—they're talking about they want her to just drive to the place, open the door, and she goes in. She—he needs to see. She needs to see a judge. She needs to get her case heard. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm wondering—is—is is that judge in that courthouse every day? Do you think? Oh. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm, I mean, I, I mean, she's in there. Uh, you know, majority. I'm not sure if it's every day, but I mean, I, I have at least two days to try because I have Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, because I don't know. I've never done it, but I heard at the end of at the end of the day in the courtroom. The judge asks if anybody else in the courtroom has any business for the court before they close up shop or whatever. And then you could just jump up and say, yes, I have a matter. I'm expected to turn myself in on Friday. Uh, There was all kinds of mistakes made in my case, and I can't turn myself in. I require an emergency motion or some kind of injunction or something. This is going to cause me harm. It's going to cause harm to my family and I. Maybe just say I'm pregnant. There's got to be another way. I was told I had to sign this plea agreement or else. It's time to slam the brakes on. Like, I know there's another way of handling this, and this isn't the best way. Okay. Then ask for for more time to get legal counsel. Yeah, just say my lawyer, he pretended like he was on my side, was all buddy-buddy, but I don't think he did anything for me. Certainly didn't explain to me what he was doing. This next lawyer, I don't think this lawyer has even seen the file and obviously can't explain anything to me. Just say I've been doing a little research on my own and I realize that there's an alternative to just throwing people in cages. Okay. Just say I'm not asking for much. I just, uh, I believe I have the right to settle in private. I have the right to uh, have the vet, the debt verified so I can actually pay the debt and know that it's true. Just say I haven't even been offered a chance to settle in private. I've been told by all these lawyers, I have to do this, I have to do that. I'm not allowed to just settle with my fellow man in private. Just say, as far as I know, I have I've caused no harm, loss, or injury. As far as I know, I haven't breached any contracts. As far as I know, there is no plaintiff. I don't even know what all this legal mumbo-jumbo is. It makes no sense to me. I'm just a woman. 
bunch of accusations and nobody's come forward to prove any of them. Well, I might throw in there too, as far as I know, I've already made restitution to anybody that I did, you know, that did have a claim. You know, he can, they can see you're, you know, taking responsibility. You know, it's well, not on a I, side. Sorry, yeah, on a side note too, you offered to settle with everybody. And if somebody chose not to settle, they just walked away. I guess they dropped the ball. And they created the controversy. Yeah, your your attorney was supposed to have settled with every you know settled with people. That's what the list I'd want to see. Flip the tables on them. Just say, okay, well, show me proof that I haven't settled with everybody. Show me a piece of paper that actually proves that I didn't settle with everybody. Show me a verifiable claim. Show me some kind of bill of particulars where I owe this money. And they fall asleep. Somebody's not a Hello? Well, it's not me. <laughs> You'll have to mute them, Mike. Come on, you. Sorry, see where that noise is coming from? It's not me. There we go. Is everybody still there? I can hear you. Would you still or still, Mike? Yeah, I just think it's funny how so many cases it seems that there's a fictitious plaintiff. There's no harm, loss, or injury, no contract, no first-hand personal knowledge, nothing. A lot of times there's not even real evidence on paper. It's just ridiculous. Everybody gets a lawyer and gets run through the funnel into the meat grinder. Yeah, lately I've uh, lately I've been getting calls late Sunday night, early Monday morning, with people saying that they have court on Monday. Kind of funny, at least this is, uh, at least you guys got till Friday. Might also be an idea to write a letter, a man-to-man letter to the man acting as judge and let him know that uh, he, he, you believe he's, you believe there's been a mistake and his order is going to cause harm to a woman. Okay, okay. That, that could be done. That, that sounds good. 
But anytime you're writing to a judge, be super, you should do it with every letter, but be super polite. Okay. But, um, yeah, if you let him know that as a man, his actions as a judge are causing harm to a man, and then he does it anyways, He's that's pretty much proving intent. If you say this is causing me harm and he does it anyways, he's kind of doing it on purpose. He's aware now. Right. Even though the, the, the order was proposed by the prosecutor? Yes. She signed it, and by she signing it, she didn't want to cause harm to another man or woman. Yeah. So just writing the letters letting them know that that order caused harm to I, a woman. Yeah, and don't kid yourself. When that when that guy, when that man who sometimes acts as a judge reads that letter, he's going to immediately know that he's liable and the man acting as prosecutor is liable. But don't don't put that in the letter. Oh, definitely not. He's going to know it. They play they do all this presumption stuff on us. Let them fill in the blanks. Okay. So just a little letter. I a woman, Kenya, um, I can't say wish, or I believe what you are doing is causing me harm. I believe, I believe there's been a mistake. Um, I believe your order, uh, I believe your order will cause harm to I, a woman. Something like that, maybe. Okay. Uh, Maybe maybe enclose a copy of his order so he knows exactly what one you're talking about. Guy does a lot of cases. Who knows? Did he sign it? Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Um, I don't know. That one I'll think about a little bit. Probably work on that one by tomorrow. Isn't the judge's order based upon her plea agreement? Uh, Yes. That was going to have a person. I'm, I'm a woman now. I mean, she's a woman now. Yeah, but she kind of acted on behalf of her person and and assumed liability and made that decision for her person. Yeah. At one time, I believe. But yeah, now that she's rescinding that, that is a big change, actually. Yeah. Shouldn't that negate the order? Yeah, that was a good catch. Um, Maybe now... um, Maybe some kind of a polite reminder that that is now a void order. I'm wondering. Vacation. Hmm. Definitely going to have to think about this. That was a good catch.
Okay, Mike, this our phone ready to die. Um, I know it's three hours different from East Coast versus California time, so when we get into the room, we're going to call y'all guys back, and I'm going to get on Skype. And, Mike, what's your handle or your ID? Uh, on Skype, I, I don't ever see my Skype name, but I think it's Common Law, C-A-L-M-I-N-L-A-W, all one word. Okay. I don't know what it says on my profile or anything, but it's Ontario, Canada. Okay. I, think cousin, I think it says I was born in 1920. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, my cousin has your, your Skype. He just texted me, told me that he would be on with us. And he know he know how to get in contact with you up there. So, all right, cool. And I appreciate everybody on the call. And Mike, give us about thirty some minutes and Skype. All right, cool. Thank you, guys. Hey, thanks for calling. All right. Good, good luck, man. Hey, Mike. Hey. She can also just claim a mistake instead of I believe. I made well, a mistake. Yeah. I don't know. A mistake was made. They have to go back and fix it. Yeah. Getting yeah, to the lawyer you could say anything like you could say i require i require you take notice of mistake or whatever you, you could word it almost a million different ways but yeah anything that's short simple and and to the point Nice and quiet. Well, what would what would the mistake be? That she took a plea deal. Okay, wouldn't, wouldn't just the rescission of the plea deal, the rescission, revoke, and termination of the plea deal be sufficient? Would you have to put in a notice of mistake if you if you just got rid of the plea agreement? That have to go back to square one, wouldn't they? Um, making a mistake. Then you would also have to get into who do you specifically rescind that with. You're kind of rescinding it to the public. Everybody in that case is now aware of it. But I don't know exactly who specifically he signed that agreement with. I'm guessing it would be the prosecutor, but I'm not sure. Also, uh, notice of mistake. Uh, plaintiff did not appear. Yeah, there's all kinds of different things to attack after that. 
that, uh, yeah, the plaintiff didn't appear or there was no verifiable claim or I just clued in. There's no witness. You get attack all kinds of things. Also, the matter was settled. Yep. I was never given the opportunity to settle in private. To my knowledge, I had already. Notice a mistake. You say I do wrong. Yeah, that would be the mistake that I signed the plea agreement when I already settled. Yeah, I had no business even speaking in this court, whether attorney or not, without even seeing a verifiable claim. What was I thinking? Bring forward a verifiable claim and tell me that a man or woman's going to come into court and testify? You got yourself a deal. We'll show up at the courtroom. Until then, piss off. Show me the verifiable claim. I'm not even showing up otherwise. somebody believes I owe a debt, let them send me a bill. If I think the bill's true, I'll pay it. If not, I'll ask for a bill of particulars. If it looks like a load of crap to me or they refuse, okay, take me to court then. I dare you. And then if they do send you a letter or a summons or anything in the mail, just keep sending them stuff in the mail. Hot potato back and forth. Hey, Mike, can I make a suggestion? Yep. Uh, a lot of people come on these calls that are uh, newbies. And you're trying to tell them in a common law language what to say to the courts. It's the first time they're hearing it. Can you please tell them to set up a recorder before you start talking to them? And you won't have to say the same thing over and over and over. It doesn't get them. Well, it's on it's on all the recorded calls on my show. It's on all Carl's calls, all Gus's calls. It's all well, the same shit over and over again. <laughs> I understand, but they don't. They have no time to go listen to that. And I know when you were talking to them for the last hour, hour and a half, whatever. You said things two or three times, and it, it it still didn't register to them. Just an idea. I don't agree. I think they, uh, they're getting it. Yeah, for anyone who hasn't heard it a million times, to use one or two syllable words, maybe three if it's a common word and there's no better word for it. But... Very simple, plain English words that the drive through girl at Taco Bell would understand. Write your documents and your letters so easy that even a jury of your peers could understand it. You don't want to use anything that's a lawyer word or something that you might think you know what it means, but it means something completely different. And... I would keep your letters and notices very short so you can look up every single word that you're putting in your letter or document on Adam Online. 
and make sure that your letters still make sense with all those words you're using. You should record that and use that for an introduction to every new person you talk to. Yeah, you're not going to um, you're not going to bamboozle a lawyer with any fancy legal terms. So just don't. He's going to be much more scared if you're using words like "I wish," "I require," "I believe." Like Carl says, use a crayon. <laughs> yeah, crayon on a roll of shit paper. I can write my lawsuit on the back of a match pack. <laughs> what debt? Yeah, make sure you spill some juice on it, too. <laughs> yeah, purple Kool-Aid ring. Yeah, and coffee. Yeah, I just noticed my chat board froze probably like an hour, two hours ago. I wonder if that has to do with the volume. No, I, I don't know what it is. I always get, uh, my chat board always freezes at least twice every call. Yeah, I've noticed that with mine also. It uh, doesn't exactly show up when I press enter. And then all of a sudden, four or five uh, people's messages show up all at once. Yeah, that's just the last week or so that's been happening. The lag on the chat board, you mean? Yeah, I've noticed it before, too, uh, back in June. Yeah, it's happened to me on and off on a rare occasion before, but it's been doing it straight for the last at least a week. It was doing it to me last week on this call, so it's been at least a week. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's always something exciting going on with Talkshu, some kind of crazy glitch. Yeah, I even uh, updated my Flash player and that didn't even help. There's like Flash 17 now there. Mike? Yeah? Yeah, it's, it's Leo here. I just want to... Um, I put something on the chat board. I'm not too sure if people can read it. I'm... Uh, Seeing this uh, when CPS called me, I see it as a uh, when the CPS threatened called me and threatened me. 
I see it as an opportunity for me to learn uh, more about common law. And uh, and I think it's uh, for newbies, when they come on, you were talking earlier about newbies, what to tell them, is every one of these uh, threats, you can turn them into opportunities to learn, and then you can discover if you have any weaknesses in your character, and then you can turn those, those into strengths. Uh, you know, it's a way to, to gain confidence, just common law. That's just my two bits. Yeah, it, uh, it really sucks when the sky's falling. But if you if you get on top of it, it's all experience. Like, very, very valuable experience. It just, sometimes things get a little hairy for a while. Yeah, learning I, I, I noticed. Last, learn, learning this law stuff, it's really good for knowing how to handle things for next time but it's a pain in the ass when you're trying to learn the next step as you go. Agreed, yeah. I, I, I noticed in my uh, uh, helping people with MMS, I used to tell people, I'll help you with MMS, but kind of keep it hush-hush or whatever because the government might get involved. And now, because of this common law, I'm going out and helping more and more people with MMS. And I'm telling them, yeah, tell your neighbors, tell whatever. If they need help and anything, I'll help them out. So it, it's changing my thinking of I created the government, the, uh, like you know, it's, it's getting rid of fear or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's funny too because that just reminded me of uh, one call where the guy was calling Carl from prison, and he's going, he's saying all this stuff, and Carl's like, "Whoa, what are you worried about?" And the guy's like, "They're listening to everything," and Carl's like, "What? Bob's listening? <laughs> Who's they? Bob?" <laughs> Just funny, like, what, somebody's listening to me help my fellow man? Really? What is Bob, Bob harmed by that? I think it's, I think the big thing, if if you uh, can kind of get above that fear, then it, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, this whole system is ridiculous. So I've said it before, I've said it so many times, this law stuff gets funnier and funnier every day the more I learn. Like when I get, when I read letters from lawyers, I laugh my ass off. Like people send me Skype messages and they'll be in the worst panic ever. And then they send me the message, I'm talking to them on Skype, I'm reading this letter and I'm just laughing. And they're like, what the fuck are you laughing at? I'm like, you're not going to prison, don't worry. But yeah, I don't know. Sometimes lawyers write the funniest things in letters. People get all paranoid. It's definitely much worse when you're struggling from behind to learn this stuff and catch up. Or to fix stupid things you've already done. That's always a pain in the ass, too. Hey, Leo. Go ahead. I love that call there with the CPS there. That was good. That was plain and simple. Loved it. It's Eric here, by the way. What did you say, that audio, the phone call? Yeah, the phone call with the CPS calling uh, Leo. That was hilarious. Uh, yeah, no, that I don't. That was no, I don't. good. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, you do. Uh, 
no, I don't. That was hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> it was uh, impressive awesome. to, to, to say that, but it was uh, it was empowering too. Oh, for but sure. It's just, kind of, it's just kind of funny because really, nothing more needed to be said. She was just hoping you would say something else so she could change it and attack it from a different way. So you're just like, uh, no, I don't. And she's like, damn it. Yes, you do. And and, and and then she said, well, it's policy. And I said, whose policy? Well, it's our policy. Well, that's your policy. It's not my policy, right? Yeah, I, I said that to a CPS lady one day, too. I'm like, I'm like, did you just say you are mandated? Uh, what does that have to do with me? Well, we're mandated to do this, and we're mandated. So that's fine. You're mandated, but what does that have to do with me? Exactly. Just in case somebody wants to listen to the call, it's on my talk shoe at one three seven zero four zero. So one three seven zero four zero. Yeah, it's the best. It's so simple. Interesting passing on my phone now. <laughs> yeah, that probably pissed her off. <laughs> she did. She's never had that happen to her before. It's so funny. I shouldn't really laugh, but it's so funny to see their perky little cheerful voices just think and just all of a sudden be like, uh, yeah, well, thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> Not so bubbly now, are you? She treated it like it was a life and death situation. So how is your son today, uh, Leo? Well, he's currently safe outside of Canada, uh, but, it, yeah. but everything's going well on the cancer side. Health-wise, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you still got my number, eh, Leo? Oh, yes, I do, yeah. Yeah, give me a call after the show there. Will do. Yeah, because uh, I, I don't get out that way very often, so it's pretty hard to meet face-to-face. Unless the wife and I took a trip and go visit you. What's your hometown? Uh, the num the number's a Medicine Hat number, but I'm in uh, Edmonton, so I'm only about what, four hours away, five hours. Okay, because because I go into Edmonton probably once a month or so, so I can meet you there for coffee. Oh well, there you go. Even better if you if you already come into town, that's perfect. Yeah, I'd love to go have coffee. Yeah, I'd love to meet anybody in Alberta. That'd be great. I mean, Maybe, you know, in common uh, law. Wife and I can meet you for supper or something. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm willing to meet man. Man. Yep. People. Yep. Not slaves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Persons. So you never heard anything from them yet then, eh? No, Mike helped me write some letters today, and I'm going to be mailing them off tomorrow to her supervisor and the RCMP. 
and uh, we'll go from there. Did you did you file a complaint? No, no, I'm listening to Mike because I'm still new to this, so I'm I'm just I'm I'm uh, Mike told me not to kick a sleeping dog. Uh, in my nature, in the past 10, 15 years, like I don't literally kick sleeping dogs, but anytime an RCMP would stop me or whatever, I'm not the uh, the light type, and and I, I uh, but I'm learning to be more uh, manlike or more respectful. See, it's, it's kind of it's kind of funny how it worked out because in his first letters, he said, "I wish to be let alone." Yeah, and they did. And so oh, now good. it's just this. Now it's just this big silence. He doesn't know if they're coming back. So yeah. we just throw letters. We're we're just gonna send out letters saying uh, we require written confirmation that the case is closed. Yeah, and you will let me alone. Yeah. Because uh, you know he's, he's chased his own family out of the country because of it. Yeah. It's just kind of weird how it happened because he said, I wish to be let alone, and they did. And so now that with the dead silence, he's just unsure. So I guess these letters, hopefully uh, hopefully somebody will confirm that the investigation is over, the case is closed, or they're vacating the file, whatever they want to call it. I wouldn't doubt the chief of police got involved and uh, made a phone call to the CPS. Yeah, there's definitely some inner office memos or some emails or a couple of phone calls. Something went on for sure. The sad part is, is no one's gotten back to him to say, okay, uh, we respect your... your yeah, because they, they all see liability when it kicks them in the nut. Yeah, yeah. It, is it possible in Canada to do a FOIP, like a Freedom of Information request thing there, like on my file with CPS? Is, can a guy do that, like, let's say, a month from now, do a voice? Uh, I, would, uh, I would make sure that they send you something saying the investigation is, is over or the file's closed. And then when you know everything's good and back to normal, then send them a letter saying you request, you require a, key, a complete copy of the file. Right. So, yeah. And I don't think they'll argue with you. I'm sure they'll give you one. So one of the things I'm thinking of is uh, when his son goes for testing and stuff, um, or, or he brings in a sample, uh, the doctor can reinitiate her concerns again and fire this all back up. I don't think. Thing. I don't think CPS is going to do anything once he shuts them down the first time. They're going to know. Okay. Well, what if she bogusly says, oh, no, the kid's getting worse. He's well, in danger. He's not, he's not required to go to that doctor, but if he thinks the doctor's going to learn his lesson, he could just write a letter saying to the doctor, I don't require, I don't, uh, I don't give consent for you to disclose any private information regarding I or my family to anyone. Still a mandate to report. Yeah, but it's still something on the record, though. It'll be a man-to-man letter. It'll be something yeah, on the enough. record. Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you, yeah, she can uh, uh, 
maker sign a public uh, a disclosure letter. Yeah, anywhere right. anywhere you can think of that a piece of paper is going to come in handy, put one there. Because they everything they do, they operate on paper. I was thinking of firing my oncologist after I get CPS off my back is kind of send a letter to the oncologist saying, thank you for your services. They're no longer needed and just, and just shut it, like shut her down. Yeah. You just got to also be aware that if you go to another doctor, they're also mandated reporters. So you got to keep that in mind too. Um, this woman seemed to have, uh, 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 like hang, hanging on to you, uh, Leo, because she also gave in and would send you the requisition form. So she kind of gave in a little bit because she's still curious about what's going on. See, see my 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 theory with the oncologist when she when I refused the MRI in the back of my mind, I wanted her to agree on something else because. Before yes. hanging up the call, so, so that's why I always wanted her to say to agree to another test or a different type of test, and then I could always go back and say, "Well, no, I thought she wanted me to do a P test now instead of the MRI." Or, or kind of a, you know, that, the back of my mind, I was trying to get her to to send me something else. Yeah, the sad part is the minute your son steps in the hospital, they're going to nab him. Okay? Well, that's what my wife is in fear of. Like we, yeah. You, you, like, like, just her word alone or... isn't good enough because the cops can be there. Well, I said I wouldn't uh, nab him, but these officers didn't didn't agree to it. So yeah, for sure, he's in danger the minute he steps foot in the hospital. But uh, you've done ultrasounds, correct? Yeah, we were doing monthly tests. And all the tests, see, right from the get-go, she wanted to do chemo and radiation. And then I, my theory was always, let's wait a month and see if the tests get better. And I was doing MMS, and then all the tests every month were getting better and better and better to the end where basically all the tumors are gone and the cancer numbers were basically almost back to normal, like almost back to cancer-free. And then that's where she yeah. was really pushing for chemo. So in my logic... It doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, it's not like his chemo or his... Uh, doesn't, it's not like his cancer was getting worse. Yeah. All right, so... Yeah, I'm wondering if you can go see a doctor and say, uh, yeah, I think I got cancer, uh, and, it's, and then go get some blood tests done and just bring your son's blood in. Then they can tell you what the numbers are. A little bit of a trickery so that you can get what you need for... Uh, I for, for level levels and, and progress, right? I found some private labs in the Philippines and some private labs in, in the state that I can get P tests done out of. But I, I haven't but, but I haven't sent any yet because I'm just kind of I want to kind of get rid of CPS and whatever and then go from there. Yeah, look into Alaska also. I'm not too sure if a doctor would report from uh, the United States to Canada. Yeah. That's, uh, see, they do a lot of private stuff, eh? 
you could pay doctors there clinics. Contract them. You make them sign a non disclosure form. It's ultimately private. See what I'm the only the only reason I want to use the medical system is just to find out if his cancers are getting worse or better, and then how much more MMS I have to give him or less MMS. Or, so, because I have no lab here to figure out how much cancer he has. So I just want to use them for, for, uh, for that knowledge, not for them to treat him. So it's kind of a of weird course. situation. I, I totally agree. You definitely want some baselines to be able to, uh, to uh, uh, able to use for your personal, uh, well, his personal benefit. That woman right took now, that away from you. Yeah, so basically for now, for the past three months, we're in the dark with what how well his cancer is doing because for the previous nine months, it was going down every month. But now, since this whole MRI and want to do chemo, well, we kind of pulled them back because we 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 still want to know what the P-tests are. So, but it's, it, yeah, she's, she's harming us in a way by creating this whole CPS thing, not just the CPS, but from our knowledge of the, the, the cancer results too, eh? Yeah, the only thing you've got right now is visual, what time he wakes up, what time he goes to bed, uh, what his energy levels are. That's all you got right now is visual. Don't you guys read that through the white blood cell count? I wonder if there's any home tests that you can purchase buy a little centrifuge your own the, the, the testing that they do see this test that they do this because this the the type of cancer he has I think there was only like 700 cases in all of North America last year so it's a very rare cancer and uh, the test that has that he, that we have to do with him they have to send it out somewhere to the states to get it done like they don't do it in Alberta it's it's a uh, Oh, uh, whatever test they do. So it's a very specific test for this specific cancer, blah, blah, blah. And that's why she kept saying, I don't understand why the numbers keep going down. And we were like, ah, oh, I don't know, you know, they yeah. don't. But then, but then they're at every step. If she wants to do more chemo, like, well, no, the numbers are going down. Like, right? So. That's right. So, so. Oh, I totally agree with you. Um, it'd be a different story if he was actually degressing, right? So. He's progressing, so <laughs> you don't you don't you don't you don't fix something that's not broke. And many times in the in the appointment with her, she kept looking at, at us and kind of wondering, uh, you know, I don't understand why the numbers are going down and uh, pausing. And you know, we know that she was like she wanted us to say, oh, we're giving him vinegar or we're doing this or you know, she wanted to know what we were doing, but we we. we That's good you didn't tell her. So what well, I'm hoping be, uh, within our group we can find somebody who'll want to help you secretly. Sorry, did I walk on somebody?
nice and quiet again. So, Leo, when do you think you're coming to Edmonton? Well, I have to pick up my bees at the end of April for sure, but I might have to go before, I'm not too sure, but for sure at the end of April. Okay. Well, you got my number. You can text me or whatever. Where does one get a queen bee? I have to order them from New Zealand. Wow. So that's another thing. Since I had the CPS phone me, I've been looking at every aspect of my life, including, like, like I was saying earlier, about hunting license. I don't need a hunting license because I want to gather food. And now I have to order my bees from New Zealand because the government closed the border between the United States and Canada where I should be able to drive to California and pick up my bees at a, at a lower cost. So all these things I'm thinking of where this created government is hindering me as a man. So after the CPS and after the oncologist thing, I'm thinking of writing letters to these different departments saying, well, no, I'm going to go pick up some bees and, or I'm going to do this and nobody can stop me. Did the call end? No, I'm still here. I was muted out, though. Anyone got anything to talk about? I just wanted to add also, Carl helped me in April of 2014 because as soon as my son had cancer and we were in the hospital, there was a social service guy that kept coming to me more than once a day asking us to sign a piece of paper for a week or two, whatever, and then I called Carl, and Carl asked me, or told me, or re- recommended that I ask the social worker, what is, what, is, what is the benefit to you if I sign? And I asked him three times and never saw him again. So just by asking the, the, the man, what is the benefit to you for me to sign, got rid of him. So I, I, I like that advice, whatever. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And that probably helped when the CPS phone because in the conversation I asked her, do I have a contract with you? She says, no, right? I, I, I didn't sign nine months earlier or 10 months earlier at the hospital. Yeah, it's a pretty clever question. 
Yeah, it's a question probably nobody's ever asked before. Nobody's ever asked before. Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, I said I'll probably uh, upload that uh, phone call I just had in a couple of minutes on YouTube. That's a good one to put it on YouTube. I didn't even think of that. I'm glad that you guys told me that, whoever just said that to me. Load it up on YouTube. Yeah, I guess 18. No, I helped some man in court today, and uh, we had to write four letters. It took about three, four months. But he was real happy with how it came out. He said the prosecutor treated him real nice. He said that was a change. <laughs> so, well, like that. Well, what was that case about? Uh... One one of them was based on domestic violence. That was one case that he was working on. And then the other one was taxes, but the one with domestic violence, that one was done. But, uh, no, he was great, man. Like I said, he sent me a, a projector. He sent me a, yeah, I'm looking right at it now, man, a Panasonic projector. And uh, that was some big bucks, man. And, uh, and he paid me twice as much as I wanted to help him. So it worked out nice. So, uh, yeah, he was just happy that everything worked out okay for him. You know, he didn't want nothing on his record because it would affect his job. So that's the only thing we got to do is seal the records. And I told him, call me back in uh, 90 days and we'll seal the record. And he says, oh, I'll call you up before then. I said, well, you don't have to call me up before then. You just wait for 90 days and we'll have him seal the record. So, so far, so good. So, yeah, I'll upload that phone call. I have with that guy today. So, yeah, I'm glad I figured out how to start uploading these phone calls to YouTube. So people who say, oh, man, you know, nothing works and nothing wins. I go, like, oh, yeah, really? Mm-hmm. There's like 12 little magic words, man, that work out really good all the time. You know, especially criminal cases. That's funny because I went out west to go help with a criminal case, and I love helping criminal cases. Really don't like civil cases. I like it when it's criminal cases against the state and the, or the feds or the central government, and there's no man or woman injured, no property, you know, and there's no damage, no nothing. I love working with those cases. I arrest criminal cases drug criminal cases, any kind of criminal case. As long as it's criminal, criminal is real easy. We just had one on earlier. A lady was supposed to turn herself in on uh, Friday. To do what? uh, Well, she had taken a plea agreement, apparently, and uh, it was, uh, you know, the mortgage shit that went down back in 2008. All these bankers and mortgage people were getting accused of Writing these phones and not, you know, and knowing that these people couldn't pay for it. Well, she she got caught up in that shit. That's what uh, what's her name? Because I just went out to San Diego to help a man and woman with the same exact thing. Yeah, this is Billy the Kid. I picked you up. 
No, no, no. Billy the Kid is uh, in California. He's in L.A., Venice. No, this is Billy the Kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no, who's the other I thought, one, I thought you were saying uh, you were in San Diego on that last one. But, yeah, this lady just called, and uh, we were all trying to help her. Wow. With How some ideas, she... but this is right up your alley right here, if you're liking that. Yeah, She's got just, no just, yeah, just, I just went, I just, it worked. I love it, man, that she took a plea. But uh, did she go to the sentencing yet or anything? Or Yeah, that she's supposed to turn herself in this Friday. So, oh, And she's that's four months exactly, pregnant. Uh, that's exactly what I uh, helped a man in San Diego do, man. I went after the plea. Yeah. I didn't go after anything else, man. I went after the plea. I said, you know what? I'm going after the plea. Can she call you? Yeah, sure. She called me. That's fine. All right. Because that's exactly when I read, oh, man, this guy's a mountain nonsense. I sat talking about like 10 hours, man. I was zombie by the time I was done talking to him. And I said, I know exactly where I'm going with this. I said, give me the plea deal. And he gave me the plea deal. I said, good. I'm, I'm going after the plea deal. So, um, yeah, so that, that's going to be fun. It's funny because the guy in uh, San Diego, he wanted to go uh, get a fancy uh, high-priced attorney. I said, no, that's great. Go get a high-priced attorney, too. I said, it's always a good idea, just like the guy in Chicago did. And uh, that way, when the man had a high-priced attorney in me, the man had uh, the attorney. was like, wow. He said, let's do this call. It sounds like a lot of fun. So me and the attorney, high-priced attorney, obviously, when we first sat down for the first 20 minutes, he didn't want to know a damn thing about what I was doing. But then... uh, I basically convinced him within an hour, and then the next two hours he wouldn't let me leave his office because he wanted to learn more. And I was like, look, let's just meet up in court tomorrow. Let's just, you know, just watch what I do, you know. He's like, yeah, this is going to be fun. He said, okay. He says, yeah, I've never done nothing like this before. He's, and then uh, it was funny. His, uh, the guy who brought me out there was like saying that the attorney really likes you and he really wants to do your stuff. And he's like, hell yeah, because he knows it's, he's, it makes sense to him, but he just n- never had anybody who tried it. He's heard of it, but he never wanted to, you know, he never knew how to do it himself. And I said to him, as soon as you figure this out, I told that attorney, I said, you're going to have clients coming out of your ass once you figure out what I'm doing. And if you really want to get your client off easy, I said, save this for a big money client. I said, save this for like a million dollar case, save it for $2 million. Save it for some big money client. Just don't give it out to anybody. I said, save it for when you got, when you got a really big, really really high, you know, you know, high, you know, high profile case and then just drop this card on a table. Just like they did during the O.J. Simpson trial. They dropped the card on a table. O.J. Simpson just didn't know how to get up and walk. As soon as they dropped that card on the table, he could have walked. He could have got up and walked out of the courtroom. Just as lawyers didn't tell him. Because as lawyers, we're going to get billable hours. But the lawyers were done in the first five minutes of that trial. One of the better to speak. They were done. They're just gonna milk them for every dime they could. That's exactly what they did. Because the case was over. Well, all you had to do is he realized what the attorney said at the beginning of the trial was get up and walk out. He was done. The other side didn't answer. He said bye bye. Come back when you got an answer for me. Just like they're doing up in Canada right now with Jason LeMay and those ten ninety nine OID people. 571 cases permanently stayed. Gave him a simple question. Jason dropped it in there. 
571 people dropped it into the court. Simple question. Well, like, bye-bye. And now the cases are stayed indefinitely until the government can come back with an answer. Same thing would happen with O.J. Simpson from Marshall Clark and him. O.J. had to just say, bye-bye. And you got an answer? Let me know. So simple, man. Criminal law, so simple. Especially when it's you against the government. So the advice that we were given her was to rescind the contract, obviously, and fire her public defender. And no, keep the, no, keep the, no, I always try to keep the attorney. No, you don't, you don't do that. You don't go into court without a public defender or a fancy attorney with something like that. Nope. Okay. So this is no. why I wanted to say it out loud, because these people recorded this call and they were listening to some of the no. options. Yeah, no, no, no. Even when I went to court, man, if I can, I always have a standby co-counsel. Somebody that they recognize. So just call them co-counsel and keep them there. Yep, always. Always. There's no no problem. Just paying the guy a couple hundred bucks, stand there, just smile. No big deal. I'm a pretty intimidating guy, so it's a lot easier if they see one of theirs standing next to me. But it's a lot of fun. I love criminal cases. Criminal cases are easy. Like I said, but uh, like I said to the attorney in Chicago, I said, man, don't, because the guy was up there helping with uh, manufacturing. You know, not distribution, but for manufacturing. And uh, I told him, I said, save, I said, save this little trick I gave him. I said, say, save this little trick. For a billion dollar fucking tax, uh, billion dollar uh, drug case. I said, don't just drop this on every single nickel and dime case. The guy's got a little bag in his pocket. Don't do that. Don't let the cat out of the bag. I said, wait until you got somebody with a couple of kilos, a couple of thousand kilos, something, a big drug case. Then drop it in. I said, I love you. But for nickel and dime nonsense, ah. Don't let the trick out of the bag for a couple of dollars. It ain't worth it. So now you got to use it. So it's a lot of fun. Like I said, you know, it just took me years to figure it out. So just to drop those 12 words in on anybody and think they're going to use it, it's not going to work. I was watching um, Dean Clifford's transcript today. I was listening to it, and I was writing down every single mistake he made. And he, in uh, just about every single time he spoke, he made another mistake. He lost jurisdiction. Up, oh, lost it again. Up, oh, he lost it again. Up, oh, he lost it again. Up, oh, he lost it again. Even if I gave him those twelve words, he couldn't carry it through. He'd lose jurisdiction again. He just couldn't help himself. So just because you know the twelve words, and they're going to challenge you to explain what do those words mean. You're going to start explaining it. Then you're going to lose jurisdiction if you say something out of turn. If you say it out of step, out of say something wrong. They said I was going through his uh, transcripts, and I was actually thinking about doing that, making like a DVD out of his transcripts and going after every single word that he did wrong. Like, uh, let's see. Oh, when the judge asked him, so, Mr. Clifford, are you here in person? Well, Dean messed that up big time. 
I'm trying to remember what minute mark that was, but the next one he made a mess of was at the nine-minute mark. It says, do you wish to make a, a bail application? The dean said, I will not contract with this court. Well, he should have said, and then I filled in a blank. This is what he should have said. And then at 10.15 into the video, he just went nutsos. And then at 14.21, he said something about being a plaintiff. And then at 15.25, again, he said no when he should have said yes. And then at 16.23, he said something that was pretty decent. So it's funny. He, and if he could have kept with that, what he said at 16.23, if he could have, if he could have kept writing it, he, he, it would have been fantastic. But he knew how to make that cute little statement but when the judge said something, he didn't know how to follow it up. He was like, oh, he had him, man. He, he had him going. He was getting him on the correct side of the court. And then the judge said something, and he just, like, fought it. He's like, I don't know where to go with it. Great statement, but I don't know where to go with it. I mean, it was a good statement he made. You know, he said something about being a sovereign people. Let's say, uh, yeah, he messed up a little bit there. As one of the sovereign people of this land, I convene a lawful court of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. I have all sorts of claim against this man, and I think that we should proceed in a game of choosing. We can settle up these false claims in a real hurry. He has kind of he has the idea. He kind of has it there, but he doesn't know how to word it correctly. It was just like somebody, oh, kid, you know, you're so close. You got the right idea. But you just don't know how to present it to court. And kid, every time you're saying something, you're saying it without, before you're writing it down. You're just saying it out loud. You got to put it down, and then say it if you wish to say it. Believe me, you hand it to the court. The judge will say it. The judge will read it out loud. You don't got to say it. But he just, you know, like I said, he, he's a sharp kid, smart guy. But too smart for you know he's going to open his mouth. So it's a shame. What are you going to do? You know, he should have put it in writing. So yeah, I was doing that for a little while today, just uh, going through Dean Clifford's, uh, going through his transcripts. So what happened with the, uh, the the MMS guy? What what's the verdict? I know everybody was waiting oh, on his last. Oh, they're great, man. I was really surprised, man. Oh, I thought they were going to be the daffiest, goofiest. Effers I ever met, and they were really, uh, really sharp, really good. I was really surprised. I said, "Oh no, a bunch of hippie, you know, drug dealers, just a bunch of potheads." I was figuring, man, I thought the worst of the worst of them. Trust me. I said, "Oh, this is going." Oh yeah, because already it was funny because uh, I was supposed to hang out there with them Friday and Saturday, and uh, well, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday or something like that, and uh, they kept delaying, delaying, delaying when they were going to meet me. So we were supposed to meet like in the morning, then around, you know, 12 o'clock, then 1 o'clock, then 2 o'clock, then 3 o'clock. And I said, you know what, screw this. I booked a flight to get the hell out of there. And then I uh, met him. And I was like, holy crap. These guys are right. So, uh, yeah, they got a hell of a good case. I like them. And I was really surprised. I mean, that's how I told him when I met him. There was a guy try. on earlier talking about MMS. He was uh, giving it to a kid and not telling a doctor. Oh, I couldn't care less what MMS actually does. I'm just saying. Uh, I couldn't care less if they were selling crazy glue or gasoline. I couldn't care less what the product actually is. So they drove me all around uh, 
I told them, look, we're going to start from day one. And you're going to drive me to every freaking location. And you're going to explain to me what happened at this building, this building, this building, this building. So they did. They drove me all around Spokane. They said, this is where we bottled it. This is where the distributor, uh, he got it in. This is the house that they raided. This is the garage. I made them drive me all around. I said, now explain to me, step by step by step, what happened? Because they were like, oh, no, 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 no. I said, no. They said, look, I don't want to get involved with you people unless I know exactly what happened, step by step. They said, well, why don't we just worry about the trial now? I said, no, that's not the way I do it. You're going to explain to me every single thing that happened from the beginning. So they did. I mean, it took freaking forever. I mean, we were up until like uh, 2.30 in the morning talking. And I had to catch a flight like at uh, 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. But I didn't care. I was going to stay there until... uh, If if I thought they were a bunch of clowns, I would have just said, you know what, screw this, I'm going home. But, um, no, they're all right. I was really surprised. They're like Gus. That's the closest thing I can remind me of. They, 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 They remind me so much of Gus, it's not even funny. So they're decent people. So, you know, I just thought they were going to be a bunch of uh, pot-smoking hippies, drug dealers. You know? Just like, man, I, I even said that on Angela's show. I said, I don't think I'm going to be able to help these people. I think they're just a bunch of drug dealers. I said, how, how am I going to move a case, you know, where they're selling drugs? Instead of just doing awful. But, no, they did it right. They had a membership. They had a club. You know, they they were selling it only to to their members. They weren't selling it to the public at large. They wrote letters to the FDA. They wrote letters. You know, and I oh I made them show me the letters. I said no, you're going to show me those letters you sent to the FDA. You're going to show me the letters that you sent to the Department of Justice. You want to show me? And they got them all. They printed them all out for me, and I got a stack about you know two inches thick. I said okay. They get showed me how they signed everybody up from being a member. I said, okay, this is really good. I like it. The only problem is, is that their whole entire case, the FBI basically didn't have to do a damn thing. The Department of Justice didn't have to do a damn thing. They were so cooperative in trying to work something out with the central government, with the United States government, that they all the centralized government, all the U.S. government had to do was cut, copy, and paste. Everything they would explain to them what MMS is, how they want to distribute it, how the members were. And the FBI turned around and used used exactly what they gave to them as their entire case against them, which is kind of funny. They had, the FBI had to do absolutely no work because these guys were providing them, you know, with all the information throughout the years, saying this is what we distribute it, this is what we do, this is how we bottle it, this is it was funny. More of the government did was cut, copy, and paste. And what a bunch of lazy bastards. This is pretty funny. So, no, I like I like that case. Because I thought they were just selling it to the public at large. And uh, they yeah, when you know, left, you were, you were saying that uh, they were selling it to the citizens and Daddy Obama yeah. was at first, Yes, at first they were. They told me, yes, they were. And then they said... Uh, they had a cease and desist order, so they ceased and desisted immediately. And so then they said, well, a group from Texas gave him this huge, ridiculous, um, how to set up a membership club, which, you know, which was fine, but it was ridiculous. There was like $17,000 for the book. That's ridiculous. $17,000 for the book. It was like a go-and-haul thing. You know, you got a go-and-haul package. It cost you $20,000 for a book and DVDs and nonsense like that. 
And just like people who went to Gordon Hall, all of a sudden, you know, they were there for three days and they never learned a damn thing from them. You know, how to do a damn thing, how to move a damn piece of paper. So at least this other place in Texas, whatever this group was, they charged them 17 grand for this book. At least they had a good idea of uh, how to do a membership, how to do a club, how to sell it to people within your own society, which is just like I said, citizens, Daddy Obama, the society, that's U.S. citizens. So like I said, when they were told to stop selling it to U.S. citizens, they did. So I was glad to hear that. And so like I said, oh, these guys then just thumb their nose at the U.S. government and say, F you. We're going to just do it whether you like it or not because we're here to save the world. So they said, fine. You know, we won't just sell it to the public at large. We will do it in accordance to like a membership kind of thing, like a membership club. And the only problem is, is um, they were sending letters to the FDA saying, you know, do you have a problem with us doing this way, the problem justice, do you have a problem with us doing this way, if you have a problem do this way. The only problem was that they did this stupid nonsense that this one group told them, if you don't rebut it, it stands as true. That's bullshit. That's all if you have an existing contract with them, but they didn't have an existing contract. And that's where all you guys make a huge mistake. Just because you send me something and I don't send you something back, if I don't have an existing contract with you, there's no, there's no rebuttal. Because I, I never had a contract. You don't have to recognize you. I don't have to see you. I don't have to understand you. I don't have a contract with you. I don't have to agree nothing with you. It's a one-sided conversation. Well, you're just, you know, you're just, you know, talking to yourself. Since the FDA and Department of Justice never got back with them, well, they were just talking to themselves. They they uh, assumed and presumed uh, <laughs> an error. But that's because there's so many wackadoos out there on the Internet saying, well, uh, UCC says, uh, you know, rebutted, uh, uh, you know, truths, then, you know, uh, unrebutted claim stands as true. Yeah, right. That's if there's a pre-existing contract. Show me the pre-existing contract they had with the Department of Justice or the DEA. Show me it. And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess we effed up. I said, yeah, I guess you effed up. And like I said, it's not very hard to get them the contract. But you guys are missing these steps. They were just missing the steps. No big deal. And like I said to them, I said, uh, well, now you just got yourself in a little bit of a jam. But it's too funny. Like I said, I wanted to show people how to uh, get the government to actually respond to you. So that way you don't have none of this more, this nonsense. Uh, well, they never wrote back to me. Well, they never wrote back to me, so I made a claim and it stands as true because it's a... Uh, uh, the truth on robot stands is true. Yeah, right. With a pre existing contract between the parties. Yeah, right. So, like I said, yeah, I'm going to go put that up on my computer right now. So, um, That one that I helped the man in West Virginia today. Thank God, man, that one went nice and easy. 
he settled a debt with society. So, uh, yeah. What if this will upload? So when you went after that plea deal, what exactly did you do? When I did what? When you went after the plea deal, was it in San Diego? Yeah, it was a plea deal, San Diego one. Yeah, I got that one sitting on the table right here. So, uh, yeah, I got to go over that plea deal and work on that. So, uh, yeah, that's basically that one. Where's that noise coming from, man? That doo 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 doo. I'm not sure. Oh, it's coming from Eric 77. He's the only one. I thought I was muted out. Nope. He's the only one that's got a open microphone. No, I'm muted. This is me. I'm now. Yeah. Okay. Well, like I said, I'm just trying to see where that noise is coming from. Any news on uh, Kent Hoven? Yeah, they said that he was found uh, guilty of contempt of court for one day. Yeah, that's not hard to do. Yeah. But like I said, the other problem is that it's like that's exactly what Dean Clifford. Dean Clifford kept doing. Uh, that nonsense. You know, he kept being. I mean, every time I saw this guy on this on this transcript, I can't believe the judge is just holding the court. In one breath, being saying that he doesn't recognize the court. And Somebody's yeah. making a lot of noise. Yeah, it's Eric seventy seven. Is the only one that I see with the the vibe, the, the thing that's open the mic. Everybody else has got a closed mic except for me. And Eric seventy seven. Everybody else's microphone's open, closed. Yeah, he just closed it up. But yeah, that's a good idea. I'll uh I'm gonna try to transfer this over into an MP three. And uh, it's an A AMR right now. I got it on my phone. And um Yeah, like I said, that guy's name was Joe and he was up there in West Virginia. He came down here a couple times. And uh, he's a real good guy. And uh, yeah, he's the one that we wrote like four letters. You know, we wrote to the police, we wrote to the department. You know, we wrote down to the attorney general's office, we wrote to the secretary of state, we wrote to the county commissioner. So it was like four letters we had to write. Yeah, like I said, I just got to figure out how I can convert this over to an MP3.
Carl? Yeah. You can go online and, and it'll do a, a conversion. Just go AR to MP3 and, and you just put up your file online and it'll email you the MP3. And what do you go with that? What's the name? Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it. Give me uh, ten seconds here. I'll find it for you. Yeah, because I was just gonna go through uh, VLC Media Player, and that's just gonna go uh, convert, save, go add, click on it, go to convert, save, go to convert, go to MP3, MP3 audio codec. Is it an AR3 you have? Yeah, it's, an AR, it's, no, it's an AMR. It's an AMR. So I'm going to browse destination file. We'll name it, uh, let's name it 123 Joe. Yeah, he was just glad he didn't have to go to jail. That's all he was glad about, huh? <laughs> He was like, oh, thank God, man, it's over. He, he just messed up a tiny, tiny bit because he forgot to show the um, prosecuting attorney uh, the receipt that the debt was settled. That's the only thing he did wrong. On the prosecuting What attorney. did he do? What was he, he was, in trouble for? Uh, it was domestic violence. It was uh, obstructing a police officer, um, fight, you know, fighting with a cop. I forgot exactly what the the charge was with uh, what the name of it was for, you know, touching a police officer. You know. Oh, and you got him off that then, so he didn't have to. Yeah, he was he was just grateful as hell. Like I said, man, he paid me some damn good money, man. And he got me a projector. It was like, like three grand. You know, so this was really important to him. So he didn't want to mess around. It's funny, everybody's friends and family were like, man, why don't you just get a lawyer? Why don't you just get a lawyer? And he was like, and he was like you know, that's what we were talking about, too. There's some guy down here that spent $9,000 on a DUI attorney. And uh, he got his license suspended for a year. He can't drive a track trail for three years. And now he's working at Applebee's as a waiter. He's like, why did I spend nine grand on a lawyer? Boy, and uh, I could have cut the same deal myself. He saw us and I said, yeah. I said, you know what? All you had to do is this. I said, you were in your driveway? Yeah. And the police uh, uh, pulled up behind you. And, you know, yes, yeah, like, I was already home. I was, I was just hanging out in my driveway. But a cop pulled up in the driveway because I got there like 1, 2 in the morning. And he saw my lights on, so he just pulled up to see what was going on. And he thought I was in my car and I was drinking. And I said, you know, they arrested me right out of my driveway. I said, holy crap. I said, too bad you didn't know me. I said, because you're already in the domestic authority. You're already in your domicile. You already crossed in from the public venue into the into the private. I said, oh, well. I said, you know what? I could have done it for you for like a grand. I would have been happy to do it for you. And yeah, I know the attorney down here, man. He's, he's supposed to be like a super famous attorney. Big dollar guy. He had one year suspended license. Three years he can't drive track the trailer. It was worth nine grand. Yeah, and, that's what he, and that's what he did for a living, huh? Yeah. It, it was oh a shame. Yeah, it was a shame, like I said, to pay, uh, you know, pay all that money, you know, for an attorney, thinking he's going to get you out. And I said, I, dude, I said, this was so, so simple case. It wasn't any funny. 
you know. It's like like I said, it's uh yeah, I know like that 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 um um I know like that uh Vital guy is listening. And I know his brother's case is so simple it's not even funny. You know, some of these cases are so simple it's not even funny. It's like this is all you gotta do. This is all you gotta say. What well, that's it. Well, that's it. And they ain't got nothing. They gotta move on. I mean, it's so simple, it's scary. So, like I said, I like the MMS folks because they got a good case because they tried to abide by the law. And what's great is they were selling it to their own club and memberships, so that's even better. So this is going to really be good with them. And then Billy the Kid is all right. Because uh, it's funny. He was going to do all this free man of Montana nonsense, you know, thinking what I was saying for... Um, you know, I am man kind of stuff. It's like, no, 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 no. We're just going to cut, copy, and paste how they do it in probate court in California because you've got a hell of a case. And uh, it was funny. He said that uh, his, the only thing that was problem was is he wasn't making an appearance before the court prior to the hearing. So uh, his mom did. So his mom was allowed to speak. But when he got up to speak, the judge told him to sit down and shut the fuck up. I said, yeah, you just got to introduce yourself to the court way before the hearing. I said, you know, and anybody else in the uh, in the trust, they've got to make their voice known because it's funny. Um, everybody on the mailing list, that that's the court. It's not the judge. The court is everybody on the mailing list. It's like when you're going to a bankruptcy court, I explained to him. I said, you send it out to all your creditors. And they have to tell the court that they are going to be coming in to the court to make a claim that there's a debt due to them as well. So I said to him, you've got to get everybody who's involved with the trust to, to make an appearance to tell the court that we're here and we wish to appear because we have a vested interest in this matter and we'd like our two cents to be put in. And then once the bank starts saying, if this guy could get two, three, five, twenty people involved who have a vested interest. I mean, the people who take care of the house, take care of his grandpa, you know, take care of the lawn, take care of the painting, take care of the roof, take care of whatever. If they could all come in and say they have a vested interest, you know, the bank might just back off and realize they're not going to get anywhere with everybody who's coming in claiming a vested interest. Just like his mom did. When his mom came into court and had a vested interest in it, she got the trustee replaced twice. So I said, you got a damn good shot to get the trustee replaced again, but no problem. I said, so, uh, hey, there you go. I got it. I can upload it now. I'm going YouTube. Yeah, you sat, you sat in my living room for about 10 minutes and said, we got this. No problem. <laughs> and uh, everybody wanted to know, well, what did he say? What did he say? And I was like, you guys, literally, he did what Carl does. He makes it so simple. It's like, take me to the airport, we're done. Uh, no, Carl, you don't understand. No, no, we're done. Just take me to the airport, we're, we're done. And I love it because you did. You made it exactly what it was supposed to be. You came in, you said, stupid, your mom's done this twice. Just get rid of them. And not only that, Carl, now I have something to show the court to say, look, we have been trying to use these courts. It's not working. This is the third trustee it's time to put the original successor back into place. 
You know, it was beautiful. It was beautiful to watch. Just like you said, you took a pad and paper, you asked the whole story, you did your own little arrows, and you led to a thing, and at the end you go, just fucking petition it like your mom did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because like I said, I was, I was, I mean, I was pitying you like you had no idea, man. I was like, this guy's trying so effing hard to do it my, one of my ways. It's like, you know, I am man kind of stuff. It's like, you're going to go out to the, uh, the, the man who ran the bank or something like that. I think that's what you wanted to do. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I had filed was uh, a lawsuit against the CEO because I had been writing him for months and months and months. He's ignoring me. He's kicking me out of my house. You know, he's just, but then you made it sound like you ain't got no standing. That's why he's doing this. That's why they don't see you. Yeah, see you. See. see you means they don't understand you. It has nothing to do with, it, with visual impairment. They can't see you. They can't hear you. They can't understand you. So until you actually appear in writing, writing, that's what poor Dean Clifford kept doing. I was I was listening to this poor transcript that poor Dean was doing. I'm like, my God, this guy's just getting beat up like a pinata. The judge is being super nice to him. And uh, the judge said, I see you. And he said, you mean visually? But he didn't bother asking the judge because the judge said, I see you. So the judge, he should have said, oh, so you, you're a man as well? So when Jadeen did dispute that the judge didn't see him, he's like, no, you don't. The only way you'd be able to see him is if you're a man. Are you a man? See, Dean didn't know how to say it. It was like so effed up. Because Dean, I guess he thought the judge opened up his eyes and saw him. I said, okay, Dean, this is what I would call Dean. Dean, the judge is visually impaired. He's blind. He has no eyeballs in his skull. And the judge says, I see you. What would you say to the judge then, Dean? You'd say to him, how? How do you see me with no eyeballs? Dude, see, has nothing to fucking do with your eyesight. So when the judge said, I see you, Dean did just let it go. He's like, oh, okay. So the judge sees me. I'm like, oh, mother effer. This is your chance, dude, to jump. Get it. Get him. And now uh, he just blank. Then when somebody went else talked, it's like, oh, well. You know, he like I said, he might be the greatest guy in the world, might be the nicest guy, no trust law, might know everything inside, out, back, left, wings. How do you act in court? That's all I'm trying to teach people, how to get in and out of court. And like this man with the trust. Dude, the judge doesn't see you. He saw your mom, right? Yeah, she filed a notice of appearance, right? Yeah, did you? Right, Billy the Kid? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, when you walked in, I had a thousand different ways I wanted to approach this. I had asked a hundred different people on their opinion. But when you sat in there and you did your little thing and then you said it, I even tried to argue with you once because we had had the courts appoint the trustees before. But the point was to get rid of the trustee now so that all of this sell for properties goes away. So it just made a lot of sense, Carl. That's well, what I the big thing was is that your mom put an appearance that she had a vested interest and then you didn't. So when she stood up, the judge listened to her. When you stood up, what did the judge tell you? Shut the fuck up. There you go. In a, in a nice way. You know, it all made sense. Like I said, when, uh, when you told me about, I was telling everybody how to read front page that the person on top is always the claim or plaintiff or whatever 
and then in the middle is the court, and then off off to the left is the reason you're there. And just knowing that little bit was it was a lot. And then also when you told me that uh, that that's really just an invitation, that's your RSVP to come to the party, and you yeah. you, you don't you don't invite you don't send uh, anything back, but you show up and they don't fucking hear you because you didn't RSVP. Yeah, like they said, you know what? We told you to show up for this wedding party. Nobody showed up. So you know what? We just decided to hold a, a wedding in the judge's living room, and we're going to sit around his coffee table for the reception. So now you're going to pull up, you know, now? No, we, there's no room for you. We ain't got time for this. We didn't order your plate. You weren't coming. Yeah. And now you're just going to bust in unannounced? You didn't even tell us who you are? We got nowhere to check who you are. That your name is Billy. What? Uh huh. How do we know? You're yeah, it all made sense. You're, huh? just, you're, just a, you're just a wedding crasher. You're just crashing the wedding. <laughs> yep, and I have been for the last 10 years. But let me tell you, when I explained this to the other beneficiaries, what you had explained to me, you could see the light come on in their eyes. Like everybody was like, that's all I had to do was write a fucking letter that say, I'm a party of the case, I have a vested interest, and I'd like to be heard. Yeah, yeah. that's all you got to do. Yeah, everybody's got a vested interest. Everybody puts something into grandpa. Everybody yeah. puts something into that property. Their sweat, you know, their sweat equity, their blood, their labor. Everybody's put something into there, and nobody's been paid yet. Just like a bankruptcy. You know, all the creditors have to be made aware that uh, you owe the debt, you better let every single creditor to the court know. You better let the court know every single creditor. You better not leave somebody out. So you better put it. That's why all of a sudden you've you seen this huge mailing list that you guys got. You know, they've got to mail out 20 of these, you know, you know, stacks of paperwork to everybody. That's what they have to do. But if no, none of the creditors come to court or, or say, you know, gonna uh, say we're going to appear because we, we believe that he owes us $20 or he owes us $20 million or he owes us $2. If you don't make your vote, if you don't allow them to know that you're coming in for the vested interest in the, in the liquidation or the bankruptcy, you know, they're not going to get cut you a check. So like I said, too, and I think your grandfather, like I said, he'll do fine. The judge will just see that he's got his family behind him and he'll see that uh, the Mexican lady with him you know, I think the judge will just realize, you know what, without you guys behind him, he'd be dead by now. You know, so if you guys just wanted him to die so you could take the will, it would take about 10 seconds for that guy to pass. You know, you you know, like like the lady taking bubblegum out of his mouth. She could have just let him swallow it and died and called it a day. No, that, that that's the lady that's been with us for 15 years, her, that lady. She's been oh, yeah, her. that's what I'm saying. I mean, the judge could see that, you know, that if if... If he didn't have a network, he'd be gone. Obviously, these people have an interest. You know, like I said, to its greatest important motor vehicle recognizes as this is his residence. That's right. You know. So like, you remember what he said to you when he uh, when he met you? Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking funny. That's the first thing he says. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He, he's competent enough. And like I said, he's competent enough to, to speak, and uh, and the judge is uh, competent enough to be you know aware that if uh, if you folks weren't taking care of him, he he would have dropped by now. 
because you don't see the bank sending anybody over there to take care of them. You know, the bank's not over there making sure he's okay every day. Hey, Mike, we back We back on, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Hey. Carl, hey, you Carl, know the uh, we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah, ask Carl. He's, uh, he actually was just helping somebody with a similar situation. Okay. Okay. And it deals with a sentencing? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Was somebody saying something? Yeah, go ahead and start, um, Kenya. Okay, so but where am I where am I starting from? Just I, I guess just 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 share a call about the sentencing Friday. Okay, I'm supposed to surrender on Friday. I'm uh heading into California. I'm on the road right now. Um I should make it in there uh, by Wednesday morning, which I was, the judge just sent me an order, or the judge sent the attorneys that were court-appointed to me earlier today, um, basically, because she got my letter um, and wanted me to file a motion 2255, or some, a motion basically uh, for ineffective counsel. Um, and I'm just I'm just trying to figure out what way I need to go about getting something to her since she's familiar with, or she's aware that I'm, you know, in the position that I'm in. So um, I was going to put in something else that that gets to her on Wednesday to try to stop this this process on Friday. So. Um, yeah, so I just need a little help with that. And you signed the plea deal and everything, right? Yes, the plea was signed in 2013. Great. What was the, what, what did the plea deal say? Basically, that I pled guilty to the the first charge, which was conspiracy to mail and wire fraud, and this is on um, that mortgage deal. Okay. So did you understand the charge? I mean, did you did you understand it? No, I mean, I signed it because, you know, the attorneys um basically said that I would get 30 years. They they basically didn't want to do any work on my case. Um I had when they when they came up when the court appointed them to me. By the time they did, um, they were pretty much rushing rushing a lot of the process of you know there was documentation that I asked them to get from the previous attorney, documentation files that I said I had, um, and it was it was like it was done. They had me come out to California um, for this you know try to uh, basically work out a plea. Um, and the plea deal was basically just admitting to a charge 
uh, a lesser charge to bring down the to possibly have a sentence that um, you know was between I think uh, zero they had zero to sixty months or something like that I can't remember um, and they said the judge could sentence within that realm but it was better than the 30 years and that they would probably give me for uh, probation because of the fact that I have five children. Um, there was a lot of things that they did not go over very thoroughly about how they put that deal together. Um, regardless, I mean, it was their, their basis was based on the fact that everybody virtually that works for me is pointing the finger at me and that it would be hard to prove the case, even though they didn't have any concrete evidence of me doing this defrauding. So um, that's as far as I know about the plea, as far as they, they, they put it together and said that this is what I needed to sign. Um, yeah, to, yeah. Okay, so, so what does the police say? It's basically just that I pled guilty to the, the first charge, and I can't go by verbatim because I'm driving right now, and I don't I don't know what it says um, verbatim. All right, when, when you get a chance, let us know. But I mean, I, I can't write back something that I can't see. I mean, Bob, are you on the line? You've got the plea agreement. Yes, I'm going to see what I I'm going to bring them up now. So if you want to ask you another question before, I can bring up the um, the plea agreement. Hey, I got a picture of Malik. Well. No, I'm just I'm just saying to somebody I have a picture of Malik Malik Dixon. Some guy in Chicago I hope. Hey, Carl, this is Ron Ports. I just, uh, while they're looking for that, I wanted to say thank you for taking my wife's call and, you know, talking to her last week. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I told her, did she, did, was she able to get to that, uh, she said she was going to, she knew somebody who was a prison guard in there, and she was going to tell you, stop your crazy shit and just kiss ass or whatever. Did that message get through to you? Yeah, uh, yeah, she grew up with one of those tenants down there at the correction facility. And actually, I, I went through, I just asked the whole way into there, but then once I got there, I was just done. Like I said, I'm 
glad she told you to do it, you know, because they said you were going to be there indefinitely. And, uh, you know, she was getting really scared. So I just told her a couple of things to do. And uh, she wanted to go down and talk to the, uh, like, the uh, child enforcement people. I said, no, 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 man. you got to get to the judge. I said, you better go down there and talk to the judge's secretary, the judge. You better get down there and, uh, you know, you better, you know, get something before that judge's secretary. She's the one that's going to get you out of there. You know, not going down to, you know, child enforcement. They're not going to, they, they couldn't care less. They will help you sit down and rock. Make right. An example, make an example out of you. So, uh, no, she did good, man. I mean, she did exactly what I told her to do, and uh, she did good, you know. But like I said, you, you it's just like I was saying with uh, that man on the phone now, too, on Billy the Kid. You, you did the same thing. It's like there's a style that I do, but there's many styles I do. You know, one style is to just, you know, you know, order everything, say, is that an order, is that an order, is that an order? The only problem is that you're already in an existing contract and that you never, um, since you're, you're a party to the case, you are bound by the rules and the law and the fines and they may impose upon you whatever they wish. You never separated yourself from the case. You never said to them, I can no longer afford to move forward as the defendant or the respondent or the debtor in this party in this case. You never did that. So until you do that, they get swinging around like a rag doll, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. And when I heard the when I heard you trying to say that you're a free man uh, or, or whatever, I'm a man or whatever it was that you were saying, it's like no, no, you're not. You're a party to this case, and you never, you never rescinded, you know, your your uh, your title. You never, you know, explained to them that you no longer wish to be a party to the case. It's like if they got me. They say they arrested me for that debt that you carry. I said, no, I'm not a party to this case. Show me where I'm a party to this case. Well, when we find Ron, you let him know. I said, yeah, yeah, that's great. You know, but you know what? Right now, I'm not a party. You're looking for Ron. You never you never rescinded the title. You never gave the title back. Because you never gave the title back, well, they had every right to do what they did to you. You can't go after them. Now, if you uh, rescind the title, now if they come after you, that's different. You never did it. Hmm. It was like a week before I sent a letter to the sheriff saying, you know, if they had a proper warrant that was signed and affidavit attached, you know, I required the bond attached and to be delivered upon me. You send it to the and judge. Send it to the judge on the other side. You send it to the judge on the other side. Just like I was just saying, probably the kid. He never, bothered to, he never bothered to let them know that he's a party to the case. You never bothered to let them know that you no longer wish to be a party to the case. It's that simple. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Rocket science, huh? Mm-hmm. Now that the answer makes so much more sense. Looks like putting a puzzle together. I've, I've got the border. <laughs> now I'm trying to fill in the rest. It is kind of a puzzle, man. I, I think it's super simple. Yeah. You know, I really do. I really think it's super simple. All right, I Carl, I, I got the um, the agreement. All right, I'm going to read you. It's like eight pages, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to read it kind of fast. I can you. just sent it to me. What, did, did you read, did she send it to you on like a PDF? Yes, sir. Yeah, just send it to me on a PDF. 
Right. You know, make make life simple. All right, I'm forwarding it. And the address is quarter records? Yeah, uh, quarter record number three. <laughs> okay, yes, sir. Oh yeah, I don't I don't bother answering the other ones anymore. So it's quarter record three, I'm not too far behind. Should you put something in the subject line? For what in the subject line? Is there something he should put in the subject line so you'll know it's him? Yeah, you can just do plea deal. Yeah, that's what it's got here. Carl, can you can you go back over what you just said about rescinding the name? Like I said, every case is unique, man. You got not like I said, you guys like like I said, look at this poor guy Billy the Kid. He he took something I said and he went off on some crazy tangent. Ron took something I said and he took it to some crazy tangent. It depends. It all depends. You you guys can't just you know, just say, Well, you know, Carl said that um um to say no longer the part of the case, or like, uh, or, you know, it, it all depends on what you're involved with. Try try that stunt on a criminal case, and you see what the hell happens to you. I don't know what case you're involved in. You can't. You guys are just you know, like cut, copy, paste, man. You're just trying to throw the stuff in. Is it a criminal case you're involved in? Is it civil? It's a criminal case. Because then you can't do it, dude. I mean, that's what we're trying to learn on when no, do you put... Right now, like I said, you're trying, right, you're trying to say, well, look, you didn't bother to ask. You didn't, that's, that's your problem. You didn't ask. You didn't say, well, what kind of case are we talking about, Carl? You're talking about civil criminal. You're going to put some crazy uh, civil uh, uh, notice into the court on a criminal case, and, you, and the judge is going to say, what the hell are you doing, you crazy bastard? Okay. That's what I'm saying. You, you get, this is what I'm trying to say, how frustrating it is. Like I said, I couldn't understand Billy the Kid for the life of me. I was like, holy shit, this guy's totally out of his effing mind. When I got down to California, I said, look, man, i got to get to you in California because I don't have an effing clue what you're talking about. You've got me so confused. I have no idea what you're doing. And then when I got down there, I was like, oh, is that all you're doing? I got this. But holy cow, you know, trying to hear, like, you're trying to do like one of my, I'm a man going after the bank president. For what now, trust? You're going to take it to a county court? What? You're losing me, dude. You're losing me. I, I, I can't follow you. And then one of the things we had going on, I said, oh, this is a piece of cake. What, what are you doing? I said, man, this is too freaking confusing. I said, you know what? I got this. Okay, Carl, we have, okay, we, we are evolving a criminal case down here. What? We are evolving a criminal case. Okay, well, then you're not rescinding the name from the contract or taking your name off being a part of the case. He couldn't get you nowhere except for laughed at by the judge. The judge is going to laugh his ass off. There's okay. Nowhere. No, no, dude, this isn't anything okay. Because then you've got to come back on his show, their show, my show, somebody's show, and you'll say, Carl, I don't have a clue what he's effing doing. No, Carl, what I was about to say, what I was about to ask. exactly what happens. No, dude, it's exactly what happens. Like I said, look at Paul Ron. You know, if he just knew, you know, uh, I didn't know that he had an outstanding warrant for him. I don't know. If he did, when he came up here and saw me, I said, dude, 
You know, you need to rescind your uh, name of the con- uh, or the being a part of the case. Yeah, you just gotta have to rescind the title, give back the title. And then he's like, "Well, I sent some to the sheriff's department." No, you don't send some to the sheriff's department. You send it to the court. Okay, Carl. My question, my question to you would be: I'm in South Carolina, so if it's a criminal case. What 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 would be your fee to help us? You got me to get the thing out the way. It depends on what it is. What is it? Okay, it's 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 involving the IRS. Okay. We didn't damage. We didn't damage or hurt nobody. We didn't kill nobody. It's nothing. It, it's nothing violent. You got me. It's just. You got me. They claiming claiming that that we got some money and they you know they claiming wire fraud, mail fraud, all this kind of stuff. Right. Okay. So like I said, I guess I'd have to see what you guys got going on. I mean, I you know, I'd have to actually see it, just like I did with Billy. Okay. Well. Okay. And that's what I'm asking. How can we make some kind of arrangement with you? For you, either, either we can, can try to come to see you or you can, you know, come to hit us if you have time. It's probably easier for you to come up and see me. Where okay. are, you, are you? Are you in Spartanburg, Columbia? Where are you? Rock Hill? We, Columbia, South Carolina, yeah. Where are you? Columbia? Okay, you're right, South Carolina. Carolina. you're right at the end of 77 right there. It's easy to get to my house from where you are, man. Just come straight up 77 and uh, hit 81. Okay. Um, when can we try to do this? Uh, I'm going to try to go uh, to California. Um, again, I'm going to be back out there. Um, let's see. Um, probably the 22nd or the 20th. So if you want to come down Saturday, that'll probably be all right. Saturday, Saturday. Um, the 21st. The 21st? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, would it be would it would it be possible for us to try to make it Friday? Yeah, that'd probably be all right too. Okay. All right. Well, it's gonna be um, Malik and Bobby and and Malaya. So we'll be um, headed your way Friday. Friday, we should be getting there Friday. All right. Who you say is gonna be that? Bobby McGuire, Malik Bay, and Malaya Bay. All right. Yeah, when we get done with this show, somebody translate that into English. I, mean, I still didn't understand the words you said. Malik? Malik Bay, B-E-Y, Malaya okay. Bay, and Bobby Maguire. Oh, okay, okay. I got it now. Now, Bobby, do you have his address? Um, quarter records three. Your address? Oh, no, I don't have his address. I'm going to send him an email now. Can you send us your email back back to email? Your address back. I looked at my email address. No, no, your your physical address so we can get to you. There, it's um. I just tell everybody meet me up at uh. There's a restaurant at exit one ninety five. It's a uh, Berkey's restaurant, like B E R K Y S Berkey's restaurant. That's where at I one. Me. At one ninety five off of exit seventy seven? No, uh, exit eighty one. Oh, 
Yeah, 77, you know, it, it goes right to 81. Straight north. Okay. So it's, it's easy to get here from where you are. Okay. I, I've, been okay. Down, I've been down to Columbia tons of times, man. It's not that hard to get there from here. Okay. Okay, we take we take 77 north to you. Yeah, 77 okay. to 81. As soon as you hit okay. 81, yeah. Okay, 81. When we get to 81, where we go? North. To exit okay. 195. You say 81 North, right? Yep, 81 North. Hey, and then what exit? And that's it. Then we go to exit 195. Okay, then, then go to exit 195. And there's a big truck stop up there. Okay. All right, well, and if we, and if we have any problem, but I mean, Bobby got your own phone number, right? Just talk to him over. Oh, over. My goodness. Do you mind giving us a number to get in contact with you with? Yeah, it's 540. You got another? You 540. Okay, 540. 245. 245. 0318. 0318. Yep. Okay, Carl. We'll we be looking to see you um, sometime Friday. All right, man. Good luck. Thank you. Okay, Carl, did you receive the email from the young lady? Yeah, I'm uploading up that video, man, so you guys could um hang on a second. I'm trying to upload this um video. So everybody could hear that what happened with the man in West Virginia today. Like I said, that here's a good one. Like I said, it would have been nice if he um you know, when he talked to the prosecutor, if he could have just threw that last little bit in, it would have been great. It would have been, uh, because he already, we already settled the debt, the debt to society. That was already covered. And all he had to do was show the prosecutor that the debt was settled. And uh, the other ones, he, he got that covered with no problem. But it was just funny that he, um, he just, um, he just got away from that one, that one charge. <laughs> That's okay. He did fine. You know, he was a good guy. He ain't never been involved with, you know, courts. So he did fine. It's just a shame. You know, when people get so close, they're getting a perfect, perfect uh, ending. You know, and they just mess up just a tiny bit. But that's okay. The prosecutor was really nice to him. It's all honest. It's funny. He tried to tell the prosecutor he was an idiot. He didn't know what he was doing. The prosecutor was like, I highly doubt that. <laughs> he's like, no, by what I see, you got going on here. You're not stupid. And he's like, I didn't say I was stupid. I said I was an idiot. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Hello, Carl. This is Aquila. How are you? I'm just trying to upload this thing. It says i got to put some pictures. I have to attach some pictures to this thing for the YouTube videos to line up. So uh, for it to upload, I can't just upload audio. I thought you could upload audio, just audio <laughs> with YouTube, but you can't. You have to uh, put photos in it as well. You upload an image down a fair file. Okay. 
photos. Take them over there. Okay. I got to just upload a couple more videos and a couple more pictures. And uh, I can talk better. Because right now I can't do like two things at once. I'm not. I'll uh, pull with the guy. Like I said, I'm trying to figure out how to do that now. And I guess it's just way too busy for me to get him to do that stuff now. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to do this. I mean, I, I realize he's real busy. I mean, I gave him the videos upload a year ago or to break him down, and he still hasn't broken down yet. So I realize, you know what, I better start learning how to do this. You know, how to upload them and break them into pieces and start uploading them. I mean, I know he watched them and he likes them and all. I so they're great. You know, I'm just waiting for the few pieces of them. Break them into topics, make sections of, you know. I know he's real busy. Call me the secretary. Yeah, well, like I said, you know, Gus is good like that. I mean, he's a sharp guy, so he would know how to break it into topics. I know that. He would know how to. He would know how to do it. You know, he, he's good with a computer. That's great. Yeah, like I said, uh, some man in uh, I think it was Wisconsin. He he has all the videos too, and he's and he works at Apple Computers, and he's like six hundred pounds a pound in a wheelchair. I figured he would have chopped them up and sent them by now, but everybody keeps telling me that oh he has, you know he just wanted to basically. Um, deal with the foreclosure in his house and as soon, as soon as he got, you know, done with his foreclosure, you know, and it worked out fine for him, he just went on with his life. The rest of the videos that I made, he was just like, the other part he cared about was foreclosure part. The rest of the stuff, he just chucked. Yeah. Well, he'll be back because what goes around comes around. Yeah, but like I said, the big thing was he just wanted to keep his house. Yep. That's the only part of the videos he cared about. So as soon as he learned it, did what he had to do. He was gone. Mm. So all those videos are just sitting on his computer somewhere. You know, just collecting dust. Well, like I said, at least I know Gus is using mine for stuff that I, I you know, I did on the videos. I know at least he's using the information. But it'd just be nice to have the pieces broken apart. Yeah. That's well, why I sent, yeah, like I sent that dictionary, the two letters to um, Jonathan and Jesse and Jonathan is like, oh my God, he's a uh, love it man. He says, uh, you know, nobody's ever, and then nobody's ever sent the two letters to the dictionary. Nobody's ever sent me back a formatted uh, second letter to the dictionary. One guy did, but all he did was, um, all he did was take all the color out and he made it black and white in twelve font. I was like, no, dude, the colors aren't there for a reason. The blue is when you're writing common law paperwork. The red is when you're writing in the civil and in, 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 in under the codes and green is when it's for either one it can work for either and uh, the, not, you're supposed to leave the colors in there they're there for a reason and with all you know it's just it's a shame well I was grateful I listened to a couple of your older shows today and it really helped me tremendously what I'm doing so, I want to say thank you.
Do you just put in a notice to court and rescind the plea agreement? It depends. Dude, it depends. What can I say? See, man, you guys are going to get in trouble, man. It's not a cookie cut answer. It depends. It all depends on the type of case. It all depends. Is it a man? Is it a government? Is it a corporation? Do you wish to act as a corporation? Do you wish to act as a man? Is the other side a man? It, it's, it, there's a lot of variables there. Yes, yeah, something bad. Is there so many variables? That's the only thing that's bad about just giving a cookie-cutter answer, because that's all you guys want is a cookie-cutter answer. And it's very tough because if you want a cookie cutter answer, you're going to get in a whole lot of trouble. Just like I said, you know what would have happened if I didn't go out there for Billy the Kid? Oh, he, they would, he would have got laughed out of the courtroom next month. The same thing with Joe, man, um, you know, uh, uh, up there in uh, Jersey, Ron, up there in Jersey. If he just kept going with this crazy, uh, I'm going to keep my mouth shut, quiet, I'm a man. No, you're not an effing man. No way. You're already part of the case, man. You're a person. You have a duty and obligation to fulfill that court. You serve that court, and you don't serve that court, you are going to definitely get an imposition placed upon you, and it's 100% your fault. They're not doing a damn thing wrong to you, Ron. They're 100% within their right to do exactly what they're doing to you. There's nothing to whine about, nothing to complain about. It's all on you. So get it off of you. That's simple. Yeah, looking at it from that aspect takes a lot of the anger and everything away, you know. Uh, obviously did it to myself, obligated myself to it, so. Yeah. And then once right, and then once you get out of it right, it'll make a lot more sense to you. Yeah. I mean, it's a damn shame, but it's pretty simple. 
Because, like I said, every, it's all, all this damn stuff is so freaking simple, it's not even funny. But, uh, yeah, I guess because to me, I know how to do it. I guess that's why it's so simple. You know, like I said, when I went out there to his house, I said, dude, well, you got, you, you're confusing me, man. you got too much stuff going on. What, what's, what's going on again? And then I see him, I was like, oh, man, this is simple. Why are you making it so complicated? I had to do it. I was like, no, no, no. Yeah, she's supposed to turn herself in Friday morning, Friday, first thing Friday afternoon or something. Yeah. But like I said, I don't really know what she's got, you know, what all she's really got going on. I really don't know. Yeah. We still up here. What's that? Hear me? Oh, yeah. Hello. Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, I, I'm I'm waiting for him to ask a question. You don't know what's up. Yeah. No. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.